0: What's going on ladies and gents, Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com and I have a special guest, Michael Trenchitella on the line today. How you doing, man? Good, good. How you been? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, It's kind of cool, like I was, uh, when I first started getting into the keto space in the very beginning, man, I I saw you on Instagram, so I kind of like reached out to you way back in the day. And we're just now yeah. connecting for a podcast, so this this has been a long time coming.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, uh, I did never really did a lot with the social media, only because my life with my real estate career is so much social media that kind of burns out, mm-hmm. um, whereas guys that make most of their living with diet and working out or and eating keto, that's all they do. So, you know, I had Instagram years ago, but I maybe had one post, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, and um, some of it was real estate related. Some of it was not. And then people are like, well, why don't you share more of the stuff that you do You know, on social? So that's kind of what it did. I, I don't go crazy um, on Instagram like some of these guys with the videos and all those followers and stuff. It, it's almost like my little personal diary, nothing crazy.
0: Yeah, no, uh, it's, it's definitely, it can be overwhelming if you just dive into it full, full swing.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, most of um, my time with regards to anything keto or fasting, outside of the real estate aspect of my life, is usually spent in you know various Facebook groups because that's where you get a lot of interaction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Interaction um, on Instagram you do get a lot as well, but it's it's, it's not really formatted as well to have a, you know a good conversation. It's kind of annoying <laughs> the messenger um, versus being in like a real life group. Um, where you can organize threads and stuff like that, so that's where a lot of my time is spent. So that's why I don't go crazy and millions of followers and all that stuff on Instagram like some of these other guys do.
0: Yeah, it's uh like the the DMs on Instagram they can they can they can catch yeah. up with you for sure. Yeah. So what's uh I mean just kind of give us some background. You've been on the keto diet and like basically just low carb and fasting. I mean for ages.
1: Yeah. So um, <clears throat> let's go back to uh, I'm about forty four years old now. Um, right around ninety. 394. Um, after you know college, or while well, I was in college, and after football, I was always a big lineman. You know, I wasn't obese, but I wasn't never had a six-pack. Um, eventually, college got busy. Uh, I got lazy, and um, a lot of that big lineman now looks like I'm just a big chunky guy. Yeah. So um, I think I was 21, like around 93. And I remember, I'll never forget, my parents were going on vacation down south. And I said, you know, when you come back, I'm going to lose a lot of weight. And they said, what are you talking about? I said, "Um, I don't know. I'm I'm just tired of being fat. And they're laughing at me because we're Italian. Like, you're not fat. You're Italian. (laughs) You know? And I said, no, I'm just tired of that. I I really want to be in shape. And they said, all right, whatever. They came back. I lost like 10, 12 pounds. Um, Just, you know, small meals throughout the day. The old typical bodybuilder diet. Mm -hmm. The only problem was it was really low fat. And it was a lot of cardio and... I lost a lot of weight. I lost 80 pounds, but way too fast. I was averaging about six pounds a week. And um, I pretty much stopped working out because I was so obsessed with losing the fat that that's all I did. I did about an hour of cardio a day. Um, Very low fat. I mean, it it was pretty bad. It got to the point where even after I lost all that weight, I went from a, a pretty big hefty guy to like a skinny dude. And I was cold all the time. You know, I didn't feel right. My testosterone plummeted my thyroid. I mean, it really screwed me up. I, I kind of wish I was a little more keto and known about it. I mean, I heard of it back then, you know, when Vince McMahon branched off into the WBF, he had Dr. Mario De Pasquale doing the anabolic diet with them. I never understood it. When I heard high fat, I'm thinking, you know, you just go to McDonald's and you lose weight. So I didn't really think about it too much. But, and that's funny because that's what a lot of people think. When I tell them what I eat, they're like, oh, you just eat, McDonald's? Like, no, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. You know, so that's what I thought. If I would have known what it was, I probably would have done that diet first. Um, So, you know, I lost a lot of weight, got really skinny, got really cold. I mean, if it was 70 degrees, I was wearing a jacket. I mean, it it was bad. Mm -hmm. Um, At that point, I said to myself, you know, I got to do what I got to do. I got to really start focusing on eating more, eating better. Going to put on a little weight. It is what it is. You have to accept it. So, you know, I put on a little fluff, another 10, 15 pounds. I felt better. Um, That was probably around the time where there was no Facebook. Obviously, it was '95, '96, and most of our time on the internet was spent in these uh, news groups, these um, Usenet news groups. They're like like a forum, but these were all the popular guys were, like Patrick Arnold, Will Brink, Bruce Neller, way before Lionel McDonald. These were the old school EAS. That's when EAS was popular, Muscle Media, mm-hmm. and um, that's kind of really where I started playing with Atkins, and um, you know, I did a true Atkins, and I remember saying to myself. What is the point of reintroducing carbohydrates after a couple of weeks? If you're losing weight, why would you do that? So I never did that. I said, no, I'm going to keep doing it. My first bout with Atkins didn't work well. You know, I just – I was never big on veggies, and I literally was constipated all the time. It was bad. I had to stop. I had to stop because I just couldn't go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Um, Then not shortly after, I discovered, you know, unflavored, you know, Metamucil, and just – that worked great. So I jumped back on it. You know, that's more when we started dabbling – uh, in the low carb email list group. And that's when we really started playing around with more of a cyclical ketogenic diet. And that's pretty much where I settled around 95 till today. Um, even my first real one other than playing around with it was Dan Dushane's Body Opus, which was really an advanced protocol and kind of obscene and really wasn't needed. And I knew Dan a little bit from talking to him a lot. And we used to converse on the phone and email. And I remember I tried doing it by the book and I'll never forget. I get up in the middle of the morning and I email him. I was like, "Dan, this is crazy. I, I can't get up every hour and drink 100 grams of carbs in the middle of the night. This, this doesn't make any sense." I started laughing. He said, "Yeah, you know what? You don't really got to do that." After I wrote that book, we realized it's not needed. Yeah. So, and I also realized. I said, "Wait a second. If I'm trying to lose fat, why am I consuming all this junk? You know, I'm not. I, I don't have great genetics. You know, I have fat kid genetics. So, you know, that's really once I fine tuned the body opus and kind of, that's when I met Lyle McDonald in those chat groups before he even wrote his book. We were all new to this. We were all trying to figure out what's the best way to tweak this diet. For whatever reason, most of us were doing the carbs, the cyclical, even the women. It was just a lot of us. And it's just what we were doing. Um, Lyle was a huge fan of Dan. So was I. So we kind of took his method and, and tweaked it. And, you know, we weren't eating a thousand grams of carbs, even though we did in the beginning. We brought it down to whatever made us feel comfortable. And that's what I always did. It's just you know, even to this day, I, some people say to me, why do you do the carbs? I don't know. It's always what I did. You know, it's just, it's, it's in my, my genes now. You know, I don't go crazy like I used to. I changed it completely and I completely really got it to the next level since I started intermittent fasting about four years ago, which really, if you know me and you, if you talk to me in person, I, I don't bring up keto ever. It's always fasting. That's all you hear me talk about because any, anybody can do the fasting. It doesn't matter what type of macros you're eating. You know, carbs, fat, keto, paleo, it doesn't matter. So I find more people relate to me fasting, at least in a, in a local setting here, than the keto. Because people just get uh, scared of keto, at least of my local acquaintances. Um, but I find that you'll see me or hear me locally and online talking more about fasting than anything. Because I've been talking about keto for 20 years. There's only so much more I could talk about it. But the fasting is its still new to me. You know, and like I said, it's almost four years now. And when I combine it with the keto, it it, it completely complements each other. Yeah, I agree. It, it just, one makes the other one easy, and and I, I hardly eat anymore. I used to eat six to seven times a day way back in the day. And now I eat once or twice. I mean, in a week, if you go back to the old days when I was doing the bodybuilder diet, I was probably eating 42 meals a week. I probably eat nine <laughs> a week now. <laughs> You know, and it's because I'm not looking to be huge anymore. I was I was really big at one point when I was eating all those meals, and it's just not my thing anymore. I'm, I'm more into health. You know, I'm, I'm almost 45. You know, I got a lot of injuries, so I can't hold that mass like I used to. Um, but yeah, keto has just been. It's funny because I'll bump into people that I haven't seen in 20 years, and go, "Hey, you still doing that? Those cheese and pepperoni snacks you always had at the gym? Like they always saw me snacking on something because I used to work at a lot of gyms, and I always had like pepperoni and cheese behind the counter." And I'm like, yeah, believe it or not. And they're like, wow, that's crazy. And I have a lot of old acquaintances that said to me, finally, I want I want you to help me out. You know, I just helped my buddy lose about 115 pounds. He loves it, loves it. And these are the guys that always didn't want nothing to do with it. Oh, I can't handle it. I, can't. I said, yes, you can. It's fun. I mean, I eat bacon all the time. How do you not like bacon? Yeah. You know? So, and I find more and more people just, you know, it's it's very trendy now, unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it. So kind of everyone's doing it. Um, we, we've been doing it for years, you know, and, and now more than ever, it's trendy. And that's why a lot of my friends start asking me about it. Cause they knew I did it way back in the day and they don't know if I still do it. So, you know, like I said, it is trendy. I kind of wish it wasn't like it is cause it, it seems more like a fad. Um, but it, it's just a way of eating that just makes me comfortable. I mean, of course I love carbs. Who doesn't love carbs? And that's the reason why I do the diet. Cause I love carbs too much. You know, I could, uh, I, I could eat unlimited amount and just sit on the couch all night, not moving. I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know. And I just feel good. I, I feel <laughs> good with that em- empty feeling in my stomach. I always train fasted. You know. I just I, I feel better just being fat adapted than the constant blood sugar crashes. I have constant energy. It's always the same. You know. And once I incorporate the fasting, then it just gets a whole other level of just good feeling. You know. And even in the gym, the longer I fast, the stronger I get in the gym, which just goes against everything you would think. You know, but um, yeah, it's over like 20 years doing this, and um, you know, it's funny because it was only about three or four years ago that I stumbled across these groups online, and I realized, wow, people do this all year round. Like we used to kind of do it throughout the year, maybe take a month off and kind of eat normal and go back again. And, and about four years ago, I was like, wow, you guys do this all the time. I was like, wow, I was like, that's interesting because we only did it for like the summer and the spring, and. And even when we weren't doing full-blown keto, I was always low-carb. I would never go over, like, 100 grams. You know, just that, that was my sweet spot. You know, if, if I was over 100 grams, I wasn't feeling good. So, you know, you could probably test me at a blood meter back in the day. I was probably showing some trace ketones because, like I said, I never went over 100. I worked out really hard. Um, I was probably always in some sort of hovering around ketosis versus now, you know, typical day is under 20, 30 grams or even more recently, my little carnivore experiment, which is, like, almost zero um but yeah it's it's like 20 years and it's 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 cool to find people that have been doing it for a couple years or 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 longer than a couple years and you know the biggest thing that i can offer people in the keto community is just experience you know i I don't have every nook and cranny of the science down pat i can understand it when people talk to me but it's just the experience like when something goes wrong on the diet i've seen it before and i know how to fix it so that's why people are constantly messaging me and they don't even ask me the science they said this happened what do I do? How do I fix it? Oh, yeah, yeah, That happened to me 20 years ago. This is what you do. So I'm more of an experienced guy versus the science guy. I know the science, but I, I've been in the trenches, so I know what works. I know what doesn't work. The Atkins, Fat Fast, you know, we did all that stuff, you know, and, um, you know, I know every trick in the book. So it's fun. I, I, I love when people ask me, how do we do this and how do I fix it? I tell them how, and they're blown away. A week later, they call me and go, holy cow, it worked. I've tri- yeah, I've tried it all.
0: <laughs> you know? that, that, that's awesome man i put a lot of i put a lot of weight in in experience because yeah. i mean the science is, is important the science is, is great and i want to know as much of the science as i can but yeah. i mean like i've been keto for i don't know three or four years strict now and like like you said it wasn't it wasn't i don't know when it started getting really trendy probably these last probably the last last year year or two yeah. Yeah. um yeah. but yeah i mean you've been at it you know four times longer than me so I, i've got <laughs> yeah. a lot to learn from you
1: Yeah. No, I mean, look, you, you, you know what you're doing. I mean, you take it to another level with the bodybuilding. Even when I used to help my friends compete on stage, I wasn't helping them with keto. And it was only once in a while I would. And what I used to tell them, and and I I noticed this myself, I said to one of my friends and he actually followed it. I said, you know what? I don't want you to do any sort of carving up. I was like, because you look fine as it is, and you're probably going to screw it up because reintroducing that amount of carbs when you have been keto for so long, it doesn't go well. You, yeah. you, it's not, it's not going to go well in a one-day event. You could slowly do it. Like when I used to take my friends, quote-unquote, out of keto, we would incorporate about a week of PSMF macros, protein sparing modified fast, which is basically low-fat, low-carb. That would actually have them continue losing fat and not get all bloated and sloshy from the, the carbs coming in. And then I would have them incorporate their refeed or their carb up prior to the show. But I would have my friends just go through the show. I said, listen, you want some carbs on the day of, you know what? Maybe a couple of, a couple of tablespoons of jelly or jam. Don't go crazy. Like those guys who carb up and they ruin everything because they all look good this, the day after the show,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? So I helped only a few people maintain keto around shows and they were super lean and, and it did work. But traditionally everybody was just carbon up and just, just looking all sloshy and stuff. But, um, you know, I, I never competed. I always wanted to. And whenever I got myself down to a certain low body fat, everything hurt my joints, my knees, you know, and and, and then the willpower kicked in. So I would help my friends do it. I just at that point in time, I, I said to myself, I, I don't I'm not as disciplined as I should be. I want it, but I don't want it that bad, you know. So, I mean, I would rather compete now in, in the late 40s than I did when the, in the 20s because now it's different. I don't need to maintain 230 pounds. <laughs> You know, I I would have to be about hundred and seventy to walk on stage and, and that's easy for me. I, you mean, know, I think
0: you should, man. I mean you look like you look you look like a beast right now.
1: You know what it is too? It's the illusion. I mean, I have really small joints. You know, when I work out, I completely morph I mean, if I walk into the gym, I'll look fifteen pounds heavier by the time I leave and it's just manipulation of water and glycogen and just proper lighting <laughs> and yeah. a good tan. You know, but I've always had that illusion. Everyone thinks when I'm in really good shape, they think I'm about 205 when I'm only about 180, mm-hmm. you know, which that's my sweet spot. I feel good there. You know, I I don't like being too heavy. Like in the wintertime, I'll put on some chunk just from Lazy Keto, which is fine. It's fun. You know, don't get me wrong. I, I, I go a little crazy with the nut butters. That's kind of my vice. Um, But once I eliminate those, everything just drops off. But, um, yeah, I meet a lot of guys like you that have been doing it not that long but really – perfected it as well you know and you know just as much as I do I might just have more experience you know something might go wrong that you've never seen before and that's where I come in you know but you know the science just as much as I do you're not better than me I'm not better than you I just kind of seen a little bit more that's all it is
0: so so what are like just some of the the techniques that you've incorporated and used over the years like I talk about just like the protein sparing modified fast for instance kind of dive into the technique and strategy behind that
1: so the PSMF was interesting. It it it's more popular now than ever was back then. And I'm and I found my old notes on a piece of paper from 1998 with Lyle's name on it as well. And we used to write down what we used to do. I just don't remember doing it a lot. I do remember doing it a day or two before the carb up. My thing was I would carb up every um, every Friday, Friday and Saturday, and um, you know we would go crazy all week long after the carb up trying to get back into ketosis because we thought it only mattered. All it mattered was ketosis to fat loss. Like we didn't understand that it really had nothing to do with it, but we wanted to be in ketosis. So we would go crazy after the carb up and we would do a a two day refeed. And I always said to myself, if I'm not at least a pound lighter on the scale, the morning of the carb up, then I didn't earn my carbs and I don't get to do it. And I got to go another week. What we used to do was a PSMF like Wednesday and Thursday, which would really drop the weight. It would kind of prime us for the carb up. And that's when I would do it. And it was perfect for from transitioning from full keto to maybe moderate carb again. Because if you just go from 200 grams of fat or whatever you're eating and 30 grams of carbs and all of a sudden 200 grams of carbs, it, it doesn't feel right, doesn't look right, and you, and it just, it, you feel horrible. Mm-hmm. So we, we would go from full-blown keto and drop everything, low-fat, low-carbs, low, fat, low, low carbs with the protein, and we would continue to lose fat, which was great. We're like, wow, this is crazy. We're still losing fat as we're transitioning off the diet. I thought we were going to get fat. No, not if you incorporate the PSMF way. So we weren't doing it like Lyle does it now with his rapid fat loss because back then there was no rapid fat loss handbook. We were just incorporating it here and there. And quite honestly, I don't even remember where we learned it. I don't know. I, I don't have that memory. I just have my notes of when I did it. But I don't know why we even like when did we learn it? I don't know. Now with Lyle's book, yeah, everyone knows the protocol. Um, you know, depending on your category, it could be a week, two weeks, a refeed here and there, a free meal. And when I first started doing it religiously about two years ago, oh my God, I, I never did more than one, two days in a row. So I did about a week. I mean, my pants were falling off. I said, Wow, this is this is ridiculous. And the way I I, I compare it to, as I compare it to like a bodybuilder, the last few days before a show where they drink tons of water, right? And then they, they just stop drinking the water. The body continues to pee it out. It's almost like you're so well adapted and consuming so much fat. You're burning fat, you're using fat. And then all of a sudden the next day, you don't give your body any fat. It just starts melting off you. And I couldn't believe it. I had to stop the diet after a week. I said, it's, it's too fast. It's way too fast. So I don't do it very long because it just, it's too effective, you know, which is crazy for me to even say, But it's, and it's, it's just, it's restrictive. It kind of gets boring after a while eating fat free fake cheese. It's just, it's kind of (laughs) gross, you know, but you you know, you deal with it, but the PSMF is great. If you want to polish up your diet, if you want to kickstart your diet, I've had people kickstart their diet with it. I've had people, maybe they're going away in the last two weeks. They just, they got to get it off and boom, they do that for two weeks. Um, I think it's super effective. It's a massive amount of protein and it's very low carbs and low fat. It's technically keto. Um, I mean, you're producing ketones, but you're not, you're not feeling all that great, you know, in terms of high BHB levels. Uh, but it works. It's like peak week for a bodybuilder. It just kind of feels like crap. You got to embrace the suck, (laughs) you know? And that's why a lot of my friends, we we do it together because we got to be accountable. We know we're going to be dragging our ass. And even in the gym, if you're not consuming proper sodium, you just you're just walking around like a zombie. Mm -hmm. Um, but it works, you know, and I, I don't push it on anybody unless they really need to dial it in. In fact, I don't even like many people doing it because they haven't even attempted to do a diet the right way, Yeah, you know. And then you want to jump on what I call the nuclear warhead of diets before trying any other one, you know, go straight, just do basic keto for a while. And then if you stalled or maybe you put in a PSMF day here and there, you know, which is kind of what I do now, you know, maybe every seven days I'll throw in a PSMF day where it's Couple hundred grams of protein, super low fat and super low carbs, and that's it. You know, Um, it's very effective. There's lots of ways to do it. You don't have to do it by the book. It's just an easy way to maintain a deficit at the end of the week, Um, and and it's it's kind of fun just to see the way it works. You know, in the group that we won the PSMF group, it's funny. Everyone's like suffering and laughing and. Just, you know, pat each other on the back like, all right, two more days of this suck and I can't wait to have my refeed, <laughs> you know. So it, it's it's a, it's a very powerful diet, but I, I don't recommend it until you've gotten to the point where you tried everything else because if you haven't tried everything else and then after this diet stops working, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, starve yourself for a month. You know, you, you, you got to do it in baby steps. And I've always had the PSMF as something I do towards the end. Like I don't do it in the winter. That's crazy. I would do it now since I'm kind of getting close to the spring. Um, I was supposed to do it last week cause I'm going at, at a town next week, but I started playing around with carnivore, which is a whole nother level of something that I love now. And I dropped eight pounds in a week, which just blows my mind, blows my mind, you know, and I, I usually do that on PSMF, but I'm eating basically zero carbs. And I, I think I was, I was, you know, I have rheumatoid arthritis, so I'm known to get a lot of inflammation and I was struggling around the same body weight for the past six weeks, which is weird for me cause I, I don't ever stall. And I looked a little watery, so I said, you know, I must have something going on. Once I removed the cheese and the nuts and all that crap, I must have pissed out eight pounds of water in in like six days. It it was mind-blowing, you know, and and I enjoy the foods, you know, there's no bloat. Even my beloved whey protein, I don't drink it anymore in this experiment, which used to bloat the heck out of me. Um, I feel great. It's a whole nother level. I mean, you know how you feel on keto. This takes you to a whole nother level of how you constantly feel. I'm stronger in the gym, which is absurd. (laughs) you know, it's just a whole, whole nother level of just a different feel. And I'm going to be doing this for probably a a few more weeks. Um, it's interesting because pure carnivore, you're not having vegetables. Well, I'm like a toddler. I hate vegetables anyway, so it's, it's not a big deal, but I miss my cheese. I I used to consume like a pound a day. Mm. Um, but I used to incorporate carnivore for people when they would stall back in the day, they're like, Oh, I can't lose any more weight. And I would say we're going to do a strict carnivore, not because the carnivore diet is magical, but because I know why they're stalled. They're not counting those nuts they're eating while they're making food. They're not counting the four tablespoons of peanut butter that they thought was one. So those foods are not allowed. So essentially, it's strict tracking. So my buddy, after he lost about 115 pounds, is like, Mike, I'm stalled. I don't know what to do. Go carnivore for a week. Watch what happens. Calls me the day. Dude, I'm down seven pounds. I said, of course you are. You told me you were tracking with precision. You're not tracking with precision. You know, I know what you're doing. You're eating the nuts. I see the pictures of your food. You don't even know what a proper, you know, serving of two tablespoons looks like when you eat peanut butter. They don't.
0: And (laughs) I'm really glad you say that, man.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's like that's my vice. To my, you know, I I love almond butter, and it's like, you know, I'll put two two tablespoons in a little shake, but I'm eating another two as I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like it, it adds up.
0: Yeah, hundred so, percent adds up. And and I mean you hit the nail on the head, like a lot of people when they do these crazy restrictive diets and they see a lot of results right off the bat, it's it's not simply because the diet's that magical, like you said. It's just simply because they're, you know, removing a lot of the other noise that they're introducing. Yep. Yeah, yep.
1: Yeah. It's really what it is. It's just improper tracking, and even though they swear up and down, no, no I'm, Trust me, you're not even myself and I'm anal, I have a Microsoft Excel worksheet that goes back seven years. Trust me, I track everything, but I don't always track that teaspoon of almond butter I had twice a day. You know, it, it, it's there, you know, it adds up. So once they go carnivore, it, it, at least in the beginning, it's mostly just tracking better. They're not cheating. And then there's just a lot of water comes off, you know. So I didn't expect these results at all. I didn't expect to drop eight pounds in a week after I've been stuck for six weeks. It's So I'm kind of enjoying it and um, I'll stick for it for a while. But um, it's, it's different from PSMF, PMSSF is interesting, such that you're cutting your calories in half often, and for like the first week, you don't lose any weight sometimes, and you're freaking out. People are like, how can I not be losing weight? I'm eating 900 calories. I think there's such a fight-or-flight response and hormonal response that your body just kind of just says, oh, no, I don't think so, and cortisol ramps up. You're probably screwing up leptin. Adaptive thermogenesis happens so quick. That's why Lyle implemented the refeed, because he saw some of the damage, so we see people go in two weeks eating almost nothing, and they're not losing weight. And I said, trust me, when you go back to your regular macros, you're going to pee it all out. You're losing the fat, but the extra water retention is masking it. So people, when they come off the diet, they go, holy cow, I just lost eight pounds this weekend. So it works, but for the people that try it and they see it's not working, it's working. You just don't see it yet, and that's what it comes down to. But it, it's it's a phenomenal diet. It, it's brutal as hell. You know, It's just – and people laugh. It's like, man, here we go again. You know, that's why I don't do it every day. I do it once in a while.
0: See, I've you never know? even tried it. I've, I've probably tried it indirectly, like when I was, yeah. you know, bodybuilding before I ever found keto. And I would just, yeah. you know, by default have my carbs really low, and my protein really high. Um, but I've never intentionally tried the protein-sparing modified fast since doing keto.
1: You know, it's it kind of sucks because you're going from tasty food, bacon, meat, salt, and then, like, you're like having, like – you know, I found fat free mayo, which is basically colored water. It's horrible, you know, and fat free cheddar, which is just like plastic cheese. And now you can make it taste good with certain seasonings. But there's been times when I was having like just boring chicken and halfway through I, I want a dry heave. And I'm like, oh, God. And I just have a protein shake. I I can't take it anymore. So I've gotten to that point where I don't like doing it anymore because I'm I'm just I can't I can't suck it up anymore. I can't man up. I can't do the foods anymore. They're horrible, you know. So I end up just you know eat, eating some protein powder because it tastes good, but you know the foods are boring, you know. And again, coming from the the palate that I have, I'm used to salty, fatty foods. It just does it mentally doesn't work anymore for me. That's why I'll, I'll incorporate a day or two here. I can do that, but. Five, six days in a row, man, it gets to you. Yeah. You are like, Ugh. you don't even look forward to food. You actually stress out your next meal. You're like, oh, God, am I going to get through this meal now? It's, it's funny, but it's insane at the same time.
0: When you start looking forward to broccoli more than meat, you know something's wrong. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's what it is. And it's funny because on this diet, there's the refeed where you carb up, similar to the cyclical ketogenic. But no one looks forward to the refeed. They just want salt. That's what they're missing. So they just have some bacon and they feel great. Oh, I don't want to carb up. I just, I need my bacon. And that's what I end up doing. I just want to eat some fat, you know, and then everything feels better because it's just, you're just depriving yourself of the foods that you've been loving for the past couple of years. Um, And some people fear the carbs, even though it does have application for hopefully fixing some of the hormonal damage you're doing short term. Some people fear what's going to happen. And yeah, it's a sloshy mess. I mean, when I carb up, I could eat the same calories or even half in my keto days and I'm bloated up and I feel horrible and I gain five pounds of water. It's not fun, you know. You, you got to do it right. So mentally, I've been changing such that I, I don't even do the carbs like I used to anymore. Sometimes I go a month instead of a week, you know, and or, or I just have one little meal, you know. So I'm kind of moving away from the obscene amount of carbs that I do when I carb up. I just have a little here and there when I just kind of feel it, and then and I go right back to fat and protein. I just I don't focus on it anymore because it just you know, especially if you come from a binge eating background, you know, it's, it's like putting gasoline on the fire Yeah. And, and mentally it changes. As you start eating, you start making excuses in your head why it's okay to have another one above and beyond the foods you set for the day. Like I set out my macros for the day. So I know how many carbs, but you're starting to like argue with yourself and, and actually trying to convince yourself, no, it's okay. Have another couple hundred grams. It just, it, it's crazy what the carbs do. So at 44 years old, I can't handle the carbs like I used to. So I, that's why I just do them once in a while, nothing crazy.
0: So so what uh, – because I, I don't even do the cyclical. I, I just keep it strict keto. But what are like some of the, the things you've noticed, like the benefits? Like are there much – do the, the benefits outweigh the negatives with the cyclical? So
1: years ago, the benefits were second to none. It was night and day difference because we mistakenly never got keto adapted. We would just start keto. Mm-hmm. Five days later, we're already eating carbs. Like, we hardly been on the diet. Like we never even got like a keto flu. I mean, so what would happen is you drop your carbs for five days, and then on the sixth day you're carbon up. On the seventh day you're back in the gym. You feel great. Yeah, of course you feel great because you're still in a glucose metabolism. You're still, you know, you deprive yourself all week. So once you put those carbs back in, yeah, you felt and looked better in the gym. So I always felt and looked better, and usually by the fifth or sixth day of no carbs, I felt it in the gym, and I needed my carbs fast forward to now or even four or five years ago where i realized and anybody who i helped do it i don't want you on i don't want you doing any less than six weeks strict keto before you start the carbs because once you start the carbs you're not going to notice much difference in the gym it, it, it's really not much different you know because you've been keto adapted and you can function fine just as long as your sodium is adequate so even now yeah there might be a little more veinage, you know a little more pump nothing crazy it's not like it used to be and I even have pictures comparing hundreds and hundreds of pre-carb-up and post-carb-ups, and I almost look the same. I kind of feel the same. In fact, I don't feel as good in the gym with all that liquid sloshing in my stomach after the carb-up. I don't like that feeling at all. So, yeah, 20 years ago, it was a night and day difference because we were never really adapted. We were constantly in, on a glucose-based metabolism, and we deprived ourselves, and then we gave it back. Yeah. But once you're keto adapted, then you start incorporating the carbs. You're like, I don't even need these anymore. You know, so I'm at the point where I don't even need them. I just do them more mentally. Mm-hmm. For once in a while, I just I'm craving some fruity pebbles and that's it. And that's the other thing. The food choices really aren't all that impressive. I'm not eating pizza. I'm not eating like tortellini Alfredo. No, none of that junk. I'm eating bland, well, not bland. I mean dry sugar cereal, cream of wheat. <laughs> it's kind of like it, you know, who doesn't like fruity pebbles? But again, it's not you're not picking out. There's no pizza involved. There's no fatty cookies. I'm eating like thirty grams of fat. It's it's not that fun. Yeah. You know? So I, I don't I don't even like care about it anymore. I kinda I'm I'm kinda over it. like I, I incorporated one I incorporated one the other day only because I dropped so much weight so fast, I figured, eh, ah, what the hell? You know, I had hundred grams of carbs, I felt great. I was still showing blood ketones that night. And that was it. Mentally it just helped me out and I was fine. And and in fact I lost two more pounds the next day, which is absurd. You know, kind of like a whoosh effect, which mm-hmm. is the other thing that happens. If you don't go overboard on the carb up, you may actually be lighter the next day. Um, and that's from people that have been stalled for a while, and it's that fat whoosh effect. But if you do it right, you drink a lot of fluids, yeah, you're going to put on about eight pounds of water the next day. It'll be gone in two days. But I don't like that feeling anymore. So, yeah, I, I don't feel much of a difference anymore. We did back then. Nowadays, really don't. So that's why I recommend if someone's going to do it, Make sure you're doing strict keto for at least six weeks. And then you'll realize, wow, I I don't really feel much of a difference. Maybe I feel a little bit of a bigger pump. But is it really worth, you know, eating 600 grams of carbs and then, like, feeling like crap for two days and and potentially binging? I mean, I've sat on the couch. I couldn't move. I would eat so much. And I I wouldn't go to bed. I would sleep on the couch because I couldn't lay down. I could not lay down on my back because it would hurt my belly. So – and literally – when I mean literally within five minutes of eating the carbs – you already feel the water in your stomach moving around. You already feel the sloshiness. It's it's not fun. So nowadays, I actually don't look forward to the carb ups. I, I stress out when they're coming. You know, and you might say to yourself, then why do you do it? Well, because I set a protocol and that's what I do and I follow it, you know, but I stress out when they come and sometimes I skip one and I skip two and I say, what the heck, let me just do it because maybe potentially I'm, I'm helping out my hormones, maybe not, you know, I'm, I'm old school. I still think like that. You know, and uh, I don't look forward to them. I stress out for now. All, all my friends know I'm stressing out, you know, and they're like, oh, please, you're stressing out about eating about a box of Fruity Pebbles. That's really stressful. I like well, no, it's not that. It's just what's going to happen. I'm going to be a completely different person. Mentally you're changed. All you want to do is eat you, and you can't stop eating sometimes. And that's why the only time I ever take exogenous ketones is after the carb up because it's nearly magical when it comes to appetite suppression. That night, I'll take a shot. The next morning, I take a shot. I have no hunger. Mm-hmm. It like puts out the fire. But yeah, do the diet for at least six weeks, then play around with some carbs. Don't go crazy like the book. Any calculator online is going to tell you to have like 1,000 grams of carbs. Don't do it. Don't do it. I promise you don't do it. You know, I, I do between four to 600, and lately it's only been about 200. You know, it just, it, it's going to get out of hand. You're going to feel like crap. You're going to put on five, six pounds of water. It's not fat, but you don't know the difference. You see it on the scale, and it's going to piss you off.
0: Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I think um, I think there's different degrees of adaptation with keto. And I think like you tap into a whole other level of that, you know, after you've been adapted for several months. And like, I, I get better pumps now than I do when I used to introduce the cars back in the day. Oh, yeah. And e- oh, yeah. even if like the, the pump itself is not bigger, since my skin is retaining less water and my skin is thinner, it looks bigger.
1: Yep, yeah, yeah. Plus, yeah. I just
0: feel better, you know, because so much of food is like psychological. I mean, especially when you introduce the carbs, like that just takes the whole psychological level to a whole nother level and yeah. it becomes like an addiction and I just, I don't want to be controlled by the food that I'm eating.
1: Yeah. No, that's, well, that's what it is. And I come from a binge eating background. I mean, when I was in high school, I would have three breakfasts on a Saturday. <laughs> I'd get up at 6am, go to the bathroom, have a couple of egg waffles, go back to bed, get up at 8, do it again, do it again. I mean, oh, I would, and It was crazy the amount of food I would eat at night, like a whole box of like Oreos, crunch them up, put them in a bowl with a spoon. I mean, oh, it was delicious. But man, and even nowadays, I mean, I haven't done one in a while, but even last year, there's been times where even my buddy, Jeremy, uh, fat adapted athlete, he's on Instagram. You know, we would joke, we would be on the phone with each other and like just binging like two idiots, (laughs) you know, and it's like, and we we would just kind of be accountable to each other. But the problem is we were like, you know, helping each other out, eat too much, Mm -hmm. you know, so it, it gets out of hand It only gets out of hand. After or during the carb up, like I don't binge on a keto day. Are you crazy? You know, it, it's the second I incorporate. You know, my two weaknesses are the carbs and the nut butters. That's why I just threw out like two dozen nut butters. I, I just threw them in the garbage. I just like I got to get them out of my house because you know I'll have a teaspoon with dinner and then another one, and before you know it, it's like twelve teaspoons, and I feel like crap because that stuff sticks to my stomach. You know, and I already know I started the damage. I figure, what the hell else? Maybe I'll have a cookie doesn't matter. I already screwed myself. And then you're already saying to yourself, well, I, I screwed up already. Why don't I just make it worth it? And it's not worth it. you know. So yeah, if you have a binge eating background, don't do it. Do not do it.
0: I agree. <laughs> I agree. It's, it's it's funny. Every time I've looked on your Instagram, you've had like some kind of exotic nut butter. And I'm like, man, that looks pretty good. Like what, what are those uh, uh, those G butters or something like that?
1: Oh, the G butter. I haven't bought those in about a year because I eat the whole jar. Like they're too good. And I would like microwave the jar and then put in like a half a container of hail Top. And I'm like, what am I doing? You know <laughs> – you know, it's not keto friendly when you eat nine of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying that's the problem. Everyone's eating keto friendly foods, but yeah, but if you're eating 75 grams of carbs, it's not keto friendly anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So I remove those things. I can't buy them anymore. You know, like same thing like with Quest bars. You know, the blueberry. I, I I'll buy a bar once in a while. If I buy a case, it's gone in two days. Mm-hmm. So I threw away all the nut butters and I just kept the boring ones. You know, and now that I'm doing carnivore, I like it because it's not part of the diet, so I don't even think about it anymore. Like, you know, you're keto, so you know you can play around with some almond butter. But the problem is, you you eat too much. I can't have almond butter on this diet, so it's completely removed in any way. It's easy for me, and I don't even think about it, you know? But uh, yeah, those exotic nut butters are crazy, and I just don't buy them anymore. I just can't control myself.
0: (laughs) It's it's good, though, that you are self aware enough to realize that, because, like, so many people, they have these triggers. And they just they they don't control them, they just act on them. And that's when they like just it's just a slippery slope.
1: Yeah, it's just it's dangerous and you know, you you just and it's and it's funny because I've had in the past couple of months I've had situations where I was getting ready to binge and I I walked away from it. I didn't do it. I literally would just the food's ready to go in my mouth and I would just put it in the garbage and you wake up the next day and you feel so accomplished. Mm -hmm. You know, and every time you do that you feel even better and better. Um, you know, I started my, my spring diet on Thanksgiving this year because I find if I wait to January 1st, you know what, what if you don't do it? So I always start on the hardest day of the year. See, my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. It has the most type of food. So I was strict keto. Matter of fact, I think I was doing a PSMF on Thanksgiving. I was eating the fake Walden Farms cranberry butter, <laughs> cranberry sauce yeah. with the turkey and I, and I did great. And then I had maybe. For like three months, I had no binges and then I had a, like a mini one a couple of weeks ago, but it w- was not bad and I got over it, you know? So the less carving up I do, the less problems I have of just overeating too much. I mean, you know, you look at me the next day, you don't say, oh, you're fat, but you know, at, at my body fat level and at, at my level of just fitness, it doesn't look bad, but I feel like crap. Yeah. I just feel it's, sl- it's all cluster.
0: relative, like you know how you feel, you know how you look yeah. compared to like your best. So like you, you I mean, it's easy to beat up, beat up on yourself. Yeah. What what about um like the like the targeted keto? What's your take on that?
1: You know, targeted keto I, I never really did. You know, we started doing it in the nineties. Um, the way we did it, which is a little different now, they've really fine-tuned it. We would just basically keep it simple. It was twenty five grams of dextrose pre and post workout. But again, back then we only thought that being in ketosis mattered and we only had one method of testing other than the blood glucose monitors, which really didn't work well. We had the, the pee stick. So, you know, you're peeing on these sticks. You, oh, that's purple. I'm in ketosis. No, you're not, dude. You just kicked yourself out of ketosis, and you're peeing out the excess, and that's what you think. And we always thought, like even during the carb up, wow, I got purple. This is great. And then we learned, I only learned this about five years ago. No, dude, <laughs> you're peeing them out. You're done. I'm like, oh, wait a second. I thought I was blessed where I never uh, left ketosis during the carb up. No, I did. So – I never liked the TKD because I was never really, I'd be out of ketosis too long. I didn't like it. You know, I just didn't like it. You know, so I I didn't do it. I'd rather just be strict every day. I never needed carbs to work out, and I just have my carb days. So, but nowadays it's not like the 25 pre, 25 post. It's these guys are doing like 7 to 15 grams, maybe a little MCTs, some caffeine. So it's a little bit of a cocktail. It's, It's very effective, and I think I'm going to probably start doing it and get rid of the carb ups for a long time when I come back from vacation just because I'm getting pretty lean and I want to dabble around with something different. I always like to do something different. So I'm probably going to dabble with MCTs, maybe like 10 grams of dextrose, and that's it pre-workout. I don't know about post-workout, and that's it. But it doesn't take a lot of carbs for someone that doesn't eat them to feel them in the gym. I mean I used to take a 5-gram glucose tablet and chew it on the way to the gym, and I would feel the difference. in the gym, you know? So TKD wasn't my thing, maybe because we did it wrong. We consumed too many carbs back then. And I I, I felt like I was not able to really maintain ketosis long enough. And I just didn't like it. It, it, I was, I wasn't tolerating it well. Um, But I'll probably play with it soon again, but I can't do both. You can't do TKD and then carb up in the weekends. No, it doesn't work like that. You know? So it's, for me, it's one or the other. And I, I do plan on playing with that probably, you know, within like another month just to dabble. And then I'm going to eliminate the weekend carb ups for a long time
0: probably. Yeah, that's – I mean I think like you, you've tried it all, which is cool because, I mean, you can speak on every different variation oh, of the diet.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean I did strict Atkins and like I said, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, why would I reintroduce carbs? Like it, it baffled me. I'm like, I'm not doing that. So I never reintroduced them and I would lose weight. And I'm thinking why would you reintroduce carbs when you're not even like halfway through your weight loss? And I – You know, I guess it was just convenient for people. So I always did keto, even though Atkins was a little bit different. I was always doing it, and those fat fasts were interesting because it's kind of what I'm experiencing now with carnivore. And there was nothing magical about a fat fast. Eating fat doesn't make you lose fat, but what happened is it would elicit like the whoosh effect because you'd be stalled for like a week, and I would have nothing but I remember I would have nothing but sausage patties that whole day, or maybe two days, and all of a sudden, man, my scale weight dropped, but what exactly just happened? I ate more calories. Why am I losing weight? There was no water, you know, no inflammation. maybe the extra sodium, something kicked it in gear where I was peeing a lot. And that's kind of what it is. So I, I think a lot of people always hear this, they eat more fat. I, I honestly blame the fat fast from the eighties mm-hmm. and the nineties for this eat more fat thing. You know, it makes me lose weight. You know, maybe it's making you lose water, but at some point you run out of water, you know, and you can't just keep eating more fat. You, you know, at some point you do have to watch your calories, even though most people don't count calories because they're not eating a lot for it to matter. Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't count calories too much back then because we weren't eating a lot. You know, Um, if we were getting heavy, then it was time to track the calories again. But I mean, I'm trying to think of every trick we did. We did that. Um, But I think the fat fast was the original Atkins trick to just kind of break a stall, which is basically just not eating nut butter, not eating car- – it's basically proper tracking. That's what it came down to, you know, and then just dropping a little bit more water. But now, you know, it's just a whole other game with this fasting. I kind of wish I, I learned about fasting years ago. I avoided it when I first heard about it about eight years ago. This bodybuilder used to tell me about it. I'm thinking, you're out of your mind. You know, I always thought it was like tree huggers doing fasting. I'm like, get the heck? How, I'm going to lose muscle. <laughs> like I was afraid if I don't eat six times a day, I'm going to shrink. Like if I skip breakfast, I, my arms would feel small. I'd lose my mind. But now it's like, pfft, you know, it's such a different level, you know, of just different. And uh, I I love it because, you know, I'll do a 24-hour fast like twice a week. And I look forward to the, that one meal at dinner because I can eat a lot. And I'll, I'm not over eating garbage, but I'll have a pretty big fatty meal. And it's so tasty and I can enjoy it and still be under my caloric maintenance for the day. You know, whereas years ago, if I'm eating four or five meals, they're small meals and they're they're not really satisfying. You know, and, and that's why I was always eating. So I eat twice a day at the most.
0: So you know, what, what is your what is your fasting protocol now? Like when when do you when do you determine that you need to fast? How long do you typically fast for? Well, every
1: day I'm doing a fast. It depends on what hours I'm doing. So typically, um, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, it's an eighteen hour fast. So my first meal is twelve, and my second and my last meal is around five thirty. Wednesday and Saturday, just because that's how I designed it, and there's no method to the man, it's just that's my protocol and that's what I follow. Wednesdays and Saturdays, I'll eat one meal. So that's a twenty-four hour fast. And uh, the reason why I did Saturday, because I figure, you know, if we're gonna go out, which we kind of do from time to time, might as well make it Saturday. You know, I'll make the fast then so I can enjoy myself. And then I started adding in the Wednesdays. So Wednesdays and Saturdays, I don't know, it's just it's just the day. I don't have to do it, but it's a protocol I set up, and I like to follow it. I like to follow a routine. Um, every once in a blue moon, I'll go longer, like a 48-hour fast, which is kind of interesting. It's not as hard as you think because once you crack 36 hours, which for me would be 6 a.m. the next day would be 36, you're not hungry anymore. And then it gets a little weird because now you're saying to yourself, well, wh- what am I going to eat? I already know what I'm going to eat because I put it down on my calendar. If I'm doing a 48-hour fast, it's not 47. It's not 49. It's 48. You know, I see people online with these borderline eating disorders like, oh, I'm not hungry. Am I 40 hours? Should I go to 80? No. <laughs> you, you set up yourself to do a 48-hour fast, so that's what you should be doing. And starving yourself is not going to be the most beneficial thing to fat loss. I mean, you got to eat at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to go past 48. I shouldn't even be doing the 48, but every once in a while I do it. I like how I feel. My strength in the gym, laughably, is unbelievable because you're not processing any nutrients at that point. You're not digesting anything. So the second I lift the weight, I'm on, I'm pumped within five minutes. The blood just rushes to your muscles. So I kind of get a kick out of seeing that. I've hit personal best in the gym at a 48-hour fast. You know, I've only probably done six or seven of them in the past four years, and you know I don't plan on doing them very often. I enjoy the 24-hour. That's a breeze for me, and I get I'm like a kid in a candy store because about a half hour before dinner, I'm like, oh, what am I gonna eat? So I get excited. You know, so I'm excited every day what I do with 24 hours. So I just keep doing it. But that's my routine. Five days a week, it's two meals. Six, two days a week, it's one meal. You know, there's over the fall where I was doing a lot of lazy keto and eating too much <laughs> nut butter crap. I was doing like one meal a day every day, five six days a week, just because I was eating too much. You know, and I just kind of wanted to make up for the next day, so I would do a lot of one meals. But that was messing with my digestion, and that's when I first started doing the 48 hour. I was having issues where I always felt like there was food in my throat, even uh, 24 hours later. So I said, you know what? What the heck? I did a 48 hour. and I felt great. It was all gone. No more burping up. No more anything. And that's what made me do it. There was no other reason. You know, it wasn't for weight loss. I just kind of wanted to clean up my digestive tract for having too many one meal a days that were just too big. So I don't do them often. They're a challenge, and you know, and um, at, at some point you're going to lose muscle. So what's what's the point? You know, um, you know, if, if if you're really doing it for like quote unquote detox. And autophagy and if you believe a couple of days night eating is gonna help you to kill off dead cells then more power to you you know I'm, I'm not really at that level yet you know um, but I do enjoy I enjoy the fasting more than I enjoy the keto which is really funny for me to say it's just it's a whole other level of different experience for me so that's why I do it
0: so so what uh, I've been kind of I've not really done much fasting I've, I've been wanting to kind of just document Doing it though, because I'm curious to see how my body responds from a bodybuilding perspective. But right. what what makes you enjoy that? I mean, is it just simply like the way you feel? Do you have like heightened sense of awareness? Like the more vascularity because there's less processing going on, or like what? what is I think I'm re-
1: I think I'm I'm basically it's a couple of things. I'm reaching a higher level of BHB in the blood, which cognitively you feel great. I mean, when I did my first 24 hour fast, I felt like I was on. I was like smoking marijuana. I was like, wow, what is this feeling? Like it was wicked and I had friends that they were doing it with me and like, yo, man, I just feel so chill, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, and that's kind of how you feel. You just feel awesome because you're not thinking about anything. And let's be honest with you, the majority of these people that are fasting, whether they want to admit it or not, they're doing it for weight loss. And when you walk around and your belt is tight on your pants, all you think about all day long is your belly. I don't think about my stomach at all on a long fast like that because I don't have anything in it. I, I don't feel anything. My pants are loose. So I'm focusing on other things. Um, it, it makes it very convenient for work. I don't have to make appointments around my, my meals. Like if someone wanted to have uh, an appointment, what I would normally have a meal, I'd skip it and make that my 24-hour fast day. Versus years ago, there's no way in hell I would – no way in hell I'd make an appointment if I had to eat at that time. It just never happened. I'd always make it before or after. Now, like the other day, someone wanted to have a 12 o'clock appointment. I said, great. I guess, I guess I'm doing one meal a day today. No problem. Not a problem at all. And I enjoy it because now I know I'm going to have a good meal that night. So, um, you know, not everyone can do it. Um, I don't really recommend it if muscle gain is the goal. Um, I feel better on three meals with, you know, getting as much maximal muscle protein synthesis. I think three meals is is good. Uh, Two meals is challenging. Um, I can hold on to muscle with the two when I do too many ones in a row, I, I can feel a difference. I can look in the mirror and I don't, I don't look as good. Um, so I don't recommend it if muscle gain is the goal. But you can easily maintain on a couple meals a day. You know, um, it, It's just something you got to try. Like I had friends that thought it was crazy, crazy. And now that even my broker, my boss, he'll text me, hey, I'm fasting today. Like they love it. Like they get a kick out of it. Or they'll text me, I'm at 19 hours. This is awesome. Like it's a game you know and until you try it you, you kind of just don't know it's it's like keto for us guys that we love it and people don't know how it feels so this is the next level i'm trying to tell keto guys there's a way to feel even better you know by fasting and do, do you have to Nah, you don't have to for weight loss now nah, just eat at a deficit eat nine meals a day or eat one it doesn't matter but it just makes it easier you know and, and again it's fun if you're gonna go out saturday night boom have a big meal big meal and you're still under your daily maintenance and you're losing weight Mm -hmm. I mean, who's better than that, (laughs) you know?
0: Absolutely. What what, uh, do you like incorporate any kind of electrolytes or do you do anything different with your water intake on fasting days?
1: Fasting, I'm just drinking a ton of water because you got nothing in your mouth. So you're always drinking water. A couple of years ago, I really started focusing more on the chicken bouillon and the beef bouillon. I used to suck on the cubes back Mm -hmm. in the day. Now, I don't drink coffee. I don't need it. I'm so hyper. I, I don't need coffee. So I did when I first started fasting, but I don't anymore. It's been about two years. Um, I'll have, uh, maybe a one or two teaspoons of the bouillon powder, which comes out to about two grams of sodium. So it's like chicken soup. It's great. And I, I'll have that maybe once or twice during a longer fast. Um, you know, I, cause you can feel it. as you're going throughout the day, you're starting to feel a little weak. You know, you're starting to feel a little off, which people get anyway on keto, but you get it that much more when you're fasting. So I find sodium is key. Um, you know, the potassium, everything else as well, but sodium seems to be the main problem as you go too long without consuming any calories, so that's kind of the basic what I do. And of course, I have this, I have that little Keto Lights product that I that I sell, which I love. It's basically like a, a lot of runners and endurance athletes pop them like throughout a race, and I take a couple of those here and there. I pop a couple before the gym. It has a little bit of everything, but I think the bouillon has been a game changer for me because it's a potent amount of sodium with a phenomenal taste.
0: So you just you know? get the the cube and just like suck on that.
1: You know sometimes but i buy the powder now so every morning i get up i put a teaspoon in a hot cup put in the microwave and i feel like i'm drinking beef or chicken soup and that's just what i drink and before you go to the gym and sometimes i'll have a couple of teaspoons before the gym man that gives you some pump i mean that's the best pre-workout you could ever buy and it costs like two dollars <laughs> yeah. you know it, it's sodium people are buying all these concoctions pre-workouts all these damn things you can't even pronounce and my friends who i i help do in keto they're crying and bitching and moaning, oh, I can't do it. I need the carbs. I'm killing me. So watch this, have a couple of teaspoons of this. The next day they call me, they go, holy cow, game changer. Completely game changer. I don't need the carbs. I thought it was the carbs. It was my sodium. That's what it is. It's the sodium. You know, so once you put the sodium back in, I mean I really only got religious with the bouillon about a year or two ago because three years ago when I was doing the fasting, my legs would be shaking in the gym when I'm doing squats. Like something was wrong. I'm like, this is not right. This is and I was just I didn't have enough sodium. You know, and once I give these big, big goofy guys in the gym some sodium, they go, Mike, that's it. I'm done. I don't, need, I don't need carbs. They always thought they needed a carb. No, you don't. You just need proper electrolytes like everybody does on low carbs, but even more when you're going on a long fast. I mean, if I do a 48-hour fast, basically what I do is, you know, because you got to have dinner at some point with your family. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing that you're sitting there doing nothing. So I'll make a big bowl of hot water and, and a couple of teaspoons of bouillon so it looks like I'm drink, eating
0: soup, you know. So at least it looks like I'm having dinner with them. You know how, how many milligrams of sodium do you typically shoot for in a day?
1: Um, other than food, I'm probably getting in about 3,500 milligrams from you know some sort of something else, powder or whatever, a supplement. And then the food, you know, the bacon's kind of salty, and I'm only eating two meals a day. And you know, if I'm making eggs, I, I put garlic salt on it, so I'm probably supplementing with about 3,500 milligrams and whatever else is in the food, you know. Um, there's days where I don't take the bouillon, and it's a big difference. Big difference, mm-hmm. especially in the morning because I'm up at five o'clock. I'm on the treadmill, like a cardio queen. And after that, if I don't get some sodium, I'm I'm done, you know. So I usually have a cup of a cup of the broth right after cardio. Get the kids ready for school, then I go to the gym, and that sodium gets me through throughout the day at the gym. Otherwise, I would be falling down.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's crazy. There's so many people taking so many different varying amounts of sodium, and for me. Like like you, it sounds like forty five hundred total. You know, food and supplementations like the sweet spot. Um, yeah, I, I take in like I use the pink salt, pink Himalayan salt. Yeah, and yep. it's surprisingly hard to find an accurate representation of how much sodium is actually in the pink salt. Like I couldn't um, find anything online. Yeah, and, it's, uh, it's off. Yeah, it, it's way off. And I miscalculated one day, and I wound up having like twenty thousand milligrams plus. <laughs> and <laughs> I woke up the next day eight pounds heavier, man.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know what it is? There's a fine line with the sodium, it's, and it's very it's very annoying because if you don't consume enough, you'll actually hold on to too much water.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you consume too much, you'll hold, consume a lot. So it's like I find the happy medium is around 3,000 um, supplemental grams a day. If I do too little, I'm retaining water. Yeah. If I do too much, I'm putting way on. So it, it's, it, it's it's just crazy balance. It's, it's really a mind screw if, if you don't do it right. Um, I mean, same thing with constipation. If you don't have proper sodium, you're not going to the bathroom. You know, we weren't really folk. We didn't know anything like this back in the eighties and nineties about sodium. We didn't do any of that. You know, like if I would have known about all this sodium stuff, I might've done less carb ups. You know, I, I probably would have done. We, no one focused on that. You know, we kind of knew to liberally liberally salt our foods, but we really didn't focus on like, there was no charts that said 5,000 milligrams for We didn't have that. You know, I mean, the other thing I do is the no salt, the potassium chloride. I put that in there as well, and it makes it taste a little funky. But the chicken flavor mask it. And between the potassium chloride and the sodium, those are the two most important things. As far as magnesium, it's it's a routine for me. Every night before bed, I take 400 milligrams of magnesium glycinate.
0: Um, what are you using I, for that? You just use like the calm.
1: You know, I have that too, and once in a while I will, but I I buy uh, something you know Cal brand off of uh, Amazon. K A L Cal. It's just it's the one I've always bought. I have the calm once in a while. I, I take that, um, but I think that's more of a citrate, and it, it will – in the middle of the night, it'll make me go to the bathrooms. I don't want to have that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I will take – even not just carnivore, even regular daily basis, I'll take 400 milligrams of magnesium citrate with each meal, which is like two, just to keep the pipes moving because I don't eat vegetables. You know, So that, that helps for sure. The citrate is a laxative, but as far as a true magnesium, I take the glycinate before bed. So it's basically the glycinate – Potassium chloride and then my chicken powder or the beef powder or whatever um, And then just salting my foods, but you know, we didn't focus on that years ago. I wish we did We would have felt a heck of a lot better You know, that's why we were flat in the gym at the end of the week and that we thought we needed the carbs Yeah, you know, but I have pictures of me before and after carbs and pictures of me before and after extra sodium in the gym And I can't tell the difference,
0: you it, know It is crazy how, how much the electrolytes and I tell all this to all my clients and There's like an equilibrium that exists in your body between your water sodium and potassium. And, and just yeah. as you said, if, if that equilibrium is off, and you can, you know, hold more water or, or look flat and people don't put near enough emphasis. I mean, you have to pretty much track your sodium and potassium almost as religiously as you track your macros.
1: Yeah, you really do. I mean, it's probably equally as important. I mean, there doesn't go a day that at least 50 people ask a day, oh, I feel like crap. Oh, what's wrong with me? And we say, electrolytes 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 i mean yeah. it's such a simple thing and and they think it's so basic and they get annoyed because that's the only answer but then when they do it the next day like holy shit that's all i needed mm-hmm. and again i saw it with my friends these big gorillas in the gym crying like little babies oh i need my carbs and i give them the sodium and like holy cow like and they're sold on it they're like that's it i'm keto i'm done you know and, that, and then they're good to go because it's not the carbs if you don't have the sodium you better have the carbs it's one or the other and if you're going keto you're not having the carbs so you got to get the sodium
0: yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. How much, uh, how much water are you take in typically? Like, do you notice that if you drink, you know, obsessive amounts of water that you have to, you know, in turn increase your electrolytes?
1: <clears throat> you know, not really. Um, I probably drink at least a gallon a day. I drink at least a half a gallon at the gym. I used to drink a whole gallon, but I kind of slowed that down. But I, I'm always consuming the same amount of electrolytes, so I, I don't really notice a difference. You know, um, I don't go over a gallon and a half. It's it's usually a gallon gallon and a half because unless I'm chewing a ton of gum, I need something in my mouth. So I'm always drinking water. You know, it's just just something I do, you know. So it's not like I'm trying to hit some stupid magical number of two gallons a day, but I always have a big, you know, one liter, two liter, whatever it is, a pollen spring next to my computer, and I'm always drinking it throughout the day. Um, But, yeah, I don't notice that I need more sodium. If anything, I probably need the water I'm
0: drinking to make up for all that damn sodium I'm consuming, you know. Man, how, how many packs of gum do you chew a day,
1: dude? You don't even want to know. No, I, I had to, I, I had to literally start taking blood ketone tests because I was, I was that scared. Like I don't even want to tell you because you're gonna think I'm insane. Just, just, just assume it's, it's insane.
0: No, That's, no, I, I literally, I asked because I'm, I was like a chain chewer, man. I would literally yeah. go through two or three packs a day. Oh yeah, and I gotta
1: brush my teeth every hour because I had that film on my teeth mm-hmm. from this. You know, it's like, and, and it's funny because when I have my carb day. The last thing I'm thinking about is gum. I don't want that anywhere near my mouth. So, you know, you get that, you know, when you're in keto, you get that, that feeling in your mouth. Your mouth waters a little bit, um, and I chew the gum. And sometimes I'm just chewing gum and I'm looking at myself. I feel like I'm chewing tobacco because I'm constantly spitting out pieces and putting another one in my mouth.
0: Oh man, it, I was I was the worst. I, I would go. I would spend so much money on gum. You start counting yeah. the carbs. No, gum. that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. You, you eat three packs of gum a day. I mean that's like <laughs> – that's a lot of carbs, man.
1: Yeah. I, I You know, I, I don't have a problem with the sugar alcohol, so I'm th- thank God. I, I'm blessed. I tested the blood. No problem. But it's funny because – um, I don't know. I think it was last year I was chatting with Lyle, and uh, we were mentioning about gum. He goes, dude, unless you're eating, eating 80 pieces a day <laughs> – I started laughing. I was like. I said, "That's an amateur." So he started <laughs> laughing. I was like, "80." I was like, "Come on, that was that's by noon, <laughs> you know." But it's not always been like that. It's because I have the uh, obsessive compulsive behavior. It's all or nothing. I either consume no gum, or I'm chewing it all day long. Like today hasn't been bad. I probably had like seven pieces, which is I always have one in the gym. It's my thing. You know, I'm chewing gum. That's just my thing. Um, I'll chew maybe one on the treadmill. You know, and uh, but today I haven't really had a lot of gum especially after I ate this morning because uh, – well, I ate at 12 o'clock, and it was very salty, so I, I don't have a desire. I just have a desire to drink right now. That's it. I, I don't really have a desire, and I would love to go without you know, chewing gum, especially during my fast because I'm technically breaking it every five minutes yeah. <laughs> you know, with the gum.
0: I'm, I'm actually like pretty proud of myself, man. Like I, I realized that it was a legitimate addiction that I had. Yeah, it is. And I cut it completely cold turkey. I, I just said, okay, this is – I've had enough of this. I'm going to stop chewing gum, and I haven't had a piece of gum in six months.
1: Oh, man. It's so funny that we say this, but I wish I could achieve that level. <laughs> it's Because like sometimes there's no gum left in my house. And sometimes I'll go in the car and I drop something on the floor and I see a piece of gum. I'm like, oh, my God. And I freak out. There's a piece of gum. And it's like I, I hear the angels singing like and I lose my mind like, oh, my God, there's gum, you know. But it's like I, I, I used to chew so much gum when I lost my first 80 pounds when I was younger. And it, it, it's just something else. And since I've been on such a hard cut the past couple of months, I think that's why I'm chewing so much.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Once I so used much- cut, I always chewed a lot more when I was cutting.
1: Yeah. Once I level off, which is kind of coming up, I don't foresee myself chewing as much. But when I lost that 80 pounds, my God, the amount of gum, I got to a point where it was grossing me out. I, I had to brush my teeth constantly from that – whatever that film is that's on your mouth, you know. But, uh, yeah, I'm hoping to kick the habit soon because it it doesn't really – doesn't help me at all,
0: you know? No, it definitely doesn't. And, I mean, I don't know. Like, since I just quit cold turkey, like, when when you stop buying it, it's not – it's like when it's no longer an option, it's much yeah. easier to just kick it completely.
1: Well, yeah, that's like soda. Like, I was addicted to soda and crystal light for years. And then about three or four years ago and, – and, you know, I'm not like these tinfoil hat wearers. I don't think diet anything is great for you, but I don't think it's going to kill you either. Just you decide for yourself but i would drink back in my heyday on keto at least a gallon and a half a day of crystal light every day and no problems with ketosis none at all i mean it tasted so good it was like chewing gum but i would notice once a week the bottom of the container had this black film on it that i would have to scrape off it was gross and i'm thinking to myself wait a second <laughs> if it's doing that what the hell is it doing to me so i said you know what? and I, I got freaked out that's when i was learning about my rheumatoid problem i figured let me eliminate all this crap so i had I swore soda off for three years. It was great. And I used to be addicted to Diet Mountain Dew. That's like nectar of the gods, that stuff. And I would have a sip like at the diner and it would gross me out. It was so strong. I couldn't drink it. I couldn't drink it. And then over the winter, I got into it again. But now I'm kind of the past couple of months, I, I keep it downstairs in the garage in my second refrigerator. So sometimes on the way out of the house, I have a quick sip. But I was drinking two liters a day up until about two months ago. And now... Maybe a can a day, half a can if that. Just a sip here and there. Do you um, ever
0: drink like the the Zevias?
1: You know I don't like them; I, they gross me out. But what I do like is the Stir S T U R Stir Water Enhancer. It's stevia.
0: Have you and, had the? Um, there's there's a better one, man. At least I think it's better. It's it's a called it's a Sweetleaf brand, but it's like the Stir except better. I think.
1: I'll try that because I use that one in the meal. There's there's two there's a meal with the green top. The green yep. top means it has stevia, so I use that. And um, I just take like a half gallon. I squirt it in there with some ice. I love it.
0: I think like the stevia is kind of the meal one. It just, it just tastes kind of diluted though.
1: Yeah. I over dilute it anyway. Like if it says one drop to like whatever 16 ounces, I'll put 32. So I yeah. over dilute it anyway just to have something tasty and just something. Like I like it cold. I like something. but. You know, for years, all I drank was water. I, that's all I craved. But once I introduced the crap back into my system, then I started wanting it again, mm-hmm. you know. So that's why I like the fact that you got rid of the gum. I, I hope to achieve that level of Jedi at some point.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely give it a shot, man. I mean, I honestly but, feel better without the gum. Yeah. No, I agree.
1: Your mouth hurts after a while. My jaw used to cramp up. Yeah. <laughs> and you're yeah. chewing like a gavon, and people are looking at you like a horse, and it's like, all right, it's kind of, got
0: <laughs> you know. Oh man yeah it was it was bad like I, I would be like taking a, a vlog footage of, like from my YouTube and I'm like, man, I can't even publish this because like I'm no, attacking that basic gum. yeah man. yeah yeah what about uh, like just sweeteners in general? like do you notice anything negative um, with any of the different sweetener types on you
1: so the only thing that I notice i I like erythritol at least on paper. I think it's an interesting substance um it's a prebiotic. Your body only basically can absorb about 25% of it, so it's only got one gram, I think, of carbs and four, whatever it is, and um, it it's a weird taste. It's different. Um, Swerve is the commercial brand of it, and what I mean by weird is I had a weird reaction. They have it in some of the, uh, on some of those low-calorie ice creams, which I try not to eat because I eat the whole thing. Um, I'll never forget what had happened. I, I went tanning in the tanning bed in my gym, and... I don't shower right away. I let it I let it bake in for a couple hours. I came home that night and I had a couple of tablespoons of one of the ice creams. It was um, Eden Lightened mm-hmm. and I had erythritol. Within two or three minutes, I broke out red like I just came out of the tanning bed. I was hot. I was sweating. So what the hell's going on? I had a drink Benadryl and it went away. So I said, all right, whatever. It happened again the next week when I ate it. So, Certain situations, I'll get a flush effect from the erythritol, which I've heard other people have as well. Um, my top choice has always been stevia, top choice. But I like erythritol, at least on paper, you know, um, but it will have a weird feeling. Sometimes I get a little gassy, um, but I like the stevia. I, I had tried monk fruit at one point. It's all right, you know, but now every once in a while you hear rumors that stevia might be a problem. So I don't know what's next,
0: <laughs> Yeah. you
1: know. I know what they use in some of the Quest cereal bars, that allulose. Yeah. It's supposed to be very interesting. Like your body completely can't even recognize it or absorb it at all. But I, I don't ever see it like in a packet or anything. But again, I don't i don't sweeten anything. I don't drink coffee. But when I did, I used to use Stevia or I would just drink it black. So I, I, I like the erythritol. Um, but it's like the Bay drinks, those BAI, mm-hmm. they're too strong for me. I have to water them down. They're way too strong. Um, so it's a very different taste. But like I said, on paper, I think erythritol is one of the better sugar alcohols or whatever they call it. Um, but you will, some people will have a reaction. Like I said, I, I I broke out with a rash. Then I went on Google and that's all I saw, people complaining about the same thing. I, I had to drink Benadryl and I felt much better. So Stevia is my number one, without a doubt. Stevie. Yeah, I
0: like, I like Stevia a lot. I think uh, like I don't get a negative response. From like sucralose, except that I'll hold a little bit of water because I mean, Mm -hmm. like it's basically an incomplete sugar molecule, and if it stays in your system a little bit longer, it's going to retain some fluids. That's
1: just like the Walden Farms fake syrup. They use sucralose, which is basically Splenda. Which, interestingly, before stevia came out, everyone was on the Splenda bandwagon. Oh, Splenda's so healthy, and then all of a sudden, it's not healthy. Now it's stevia. Before you know it, it's going to be something else. But yeah, the sucralose, I definitely notice water, and a lot of my friends who compete, they won't touch any of that stuff the last two weeks. Yeah. You know, so there's definitely something there, you know, whatever it does. I, I don't like to touch it. That's why those water enhancers, when it says sucralose, I don't even bother with it. I just want to make sure it says stevia. That to me seems the least offensive to my body
0: for sure. I, I am addicted to Walden Farm syrup, though. I can put those down hardcore.
1: Oh, the syrup and the chocolate. Like I would take the chocolate, right, and then take like a, a, a scoop of powdered peanut butter, uh, either that or powdered whey protein and just make it like a little paste. Oh, my God. You know, so good, so good but I, I, ch- I try not to do it too much because before you know it then you're eating all this crap and it says no calories but it's got volume, it's got mass, it's got to have something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for know? sure. What uh, I mean I'm curious man because like I, when I did my first competition like I had all kinds of binge eating disorders afterwards, what, what triggered that like just thought process and, and addiction in you and like that just that mental aspect of binging on foods?
1: I did it my whole life. Like I had this weird thing where I'd get up in the middle of the night, go to the bathroom and eat sometimes two, three times. And it was a lot. It was always cookies or something like that. Donuts where I was in the house such that when I was younger, my parents would have to hide it from me. Um, and, And it was even when I was in bodybuilding shape, that was always my problem. That was. One of the reasons I never competed because I always screwed up my results. I always sabotaged my results. So I would hop on the treadmill the next day to try to make up for it. I was constantly making up for it. I was always breaking even. Um, I I don't really know what it was. There was no actual triggers. I mean, maybe some sort of serotonin imbalance. I don't know. But there was never there was nothing weird going on in my life or anything that made me just do it. I wasn't depressed, but it, it was just routine. I get up. I think I'm hungry and I would eat. But, you know, whatever it was – and And then about, I I think it's been about six years that I haven't gone up in the middle of the night and eaten, which is amazing for me. And my whole life I did. I'm talking since I was like seven years old. So it's been about six. I can't even imagine getting up at night to eat now. I couldn't even imagine. And all my friends thought it was crazy. Like, who does that? Oh, I did it two, three times a night. So when I wake up the next morning, instead of feeling and looking lean like we do now, I'd be horrendous. I, I feel horrible. I didn't want to get out of bed. You know, and then you know, as I got older, as an adult, yeah, stress would always trigger. Stress would always trigger. So if I was stressed out, you 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 eat. You know, it's just a binge re- response. I remember uh, one time I had broken up with a girlfriend and I was all pissed. What do you think you do? You eat. So you're basically sabotaging yourself. Who who, who are you who are you making who are you making happy by doing that? You know, it, it's just a, it's just a, an imbalance in your head. It's just a trigger, and you got to know what it is. You don't feel better when it's done. You feel good for about three seconds as you're eating. Yeah, and you know you shouldn't do it, and then you feel horrible. So I remember how horrible I feel. So that's why I avoid anything that would even make me do it. So that's why I don't touch the nut butters. I don't touch any of the things. I, I even avoid the Walden Farms because that sweet taste on my tongue—it triggers something, and then I then I start eating other stuff, you know, and and I'm 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 kind of making an excuse. Well. It's not really peanut butter because I'm using powdered peanut butter in the Walden Farms. And then I'm like, well, you know what? Let me add a, a tablespoon of real peanut butter. Well, you know what? Let me add three more. And before you know it, I'm done. Yeah. So I got to be careful. That's why avoiding the carb ups as much as possible keeps me so strict. I have no desire to touch the carbs. I have no desire to touch um, the nut butter. So as long as you just remove them from your person, you don't do it. it, it you know, I We don't buy that stuff in my house. I mean, for the kids and... Like my wife and I don't think we've ever bought cookies, you know. Just we don't buy them. I mean, people tell me, "Oh, I can't stop eating these chips." Well, you bought them. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) you're an adult. You have no kids. You bought the. I don't have chips in my house. I mean, the kids, I have their little things here and there, but I, 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 as an adult, I don't remember the last time I bought anything like that. Yeah, you know, because you buy it, you're going to eat it.
0: You know, if
1: you don't buy it, you're not going to eat it.
0: Hundred percent, totally agree. What, what? um... Like, is there a specific instance that you can recall where you just ate, like, the most amount of food or the highest amount of calories? Like, is there, like, any specific one instance that just, like, really stands out of, wow, that was just Yeah, that insane. was probably
1: over the fall. Um, of course, it was uh, after a carb up or during one. And it wasn't really anything that was going on in my life other than the fact that it just triggers shit in your head, man, when you start eating those carbs. You know, it's like putting gas on a flame. So... There were, I mean, that, I remember that week, it was a little stressful because I wasn't as strict on my diet as I want to be. And that really pisses me off. And that really gets to me, you know, so that stresses me out. Um, had a couple of big, big, big deals in real estate fall through. So I was a little ticked off. So that definitely will be the catalyst. But only if I eat the carb, like I wouldn't go in the cabinet and eat, but it happened to be a carb up that weekend and going through that stress that week, it didn't make it any, it didn't make it fun and my God, my stomach, and, and if you've ever binged, and I, I laugh about it, because I, I, I can deal with it, I get over it, you know, I'm never, I've never been a woe is me type of guy, even when I needed to lose 80 pounds, I wasn't like, it is what it is, I got to lose weight, and I will at some point, but I I'm eating, and I'm to the point where I couldn't eat another morsel, and I said to myself, my God, 20 minutes later, what do you think I'm doing? I'm eating again, as soon as I get that nice burp or something where it, it airs out, and I said to myself, there's no way humanly possible I could put another morsel in my mouth. And 20 minutes later, I'm eating another 2,000 calories of cookies. It, it's it's crazy because at that point, you figure, you know what? I'm at the point of no return. How much worse is it going to get? You know, But that's the problem. You keep saying that over and over again. It's, it's like that Monday mentality. Oh, I'll start my diet on Monday. If you don't start it on Monday, then you're going to be cheating every day until next Monday. Yeah. You know, so it's it's all self-control. I mean, you could take all the drugs and behavioral therapy and and shock therapy, but you just got to have that willpower. You just have to stop. You yeah. have to control. Eliminate the triggers in the house. My triggers are nut butters. I, they're in the garbage, literally. And I love those things. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're they're in the garbage. The only thing I have left are a couple of boring, you know, nut butters and the macadamia nuts, which, again, I'm glad I'm doing carnivore because the protocol is such that I can't have those things. So I know I can't have them, so I never even touch them. On keto, yeah, you can have them in moderation, but the problem is it becomes more than moderation. Mm-hmm. So I like doing a protocol that doesn't allow me to touch it, so I never have a problem. I haven't, haven't had an issue in a while, you know? So yeah, there's certain triggers that will make me want to eat, but it always comes around that carb day, always. It, it's very rare. If it's not the carb day, then the other day, it's a regular keto day where I had a couple of teaspoons of, of nut butters, and then I put the cu- top back on and go, "Oh, here's another flavor. Let me try that one. Let me try that." Before you know it, I'm like, "Fuck it," and then I just start going to town. So the nut butters will trigger it because they're just too good. But if I'm on a carb day and it just gets out of hand, man, you're talking eight thousand calories like with no effort, yeah. none.
0: It's you know? it's. There's been times where I've I've binged in the past and like. I'll pass this certain threshold, and then there's like this, this thought that goes through my head of there's no way my body can possibly process yep. that many calories. So any additional calories is just yep. free calories.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's just gross because you're gassy the next day. You have that thick peanut buttery feel on your gut. It's just horrible. It's horrible. And I want to wake up every morning, look and feeling leaner, but you're waking up and you feel gross. I won't even look in the mirror. Like I'll take a shower and I'll fog up the mirror so I can't see my stomach. <laughs> you know, like I won't even look, you know, it's like, but I, I, I finally grown up at, at 44, almost 45 years old where I, I just don't want that anymore. You know, I, I avoid it. I avoid the triggers. that give it to me. It doesn't make me happy. That's why I've had three little mini episodes in the past four months where I completely stopped. I st- I, literally, I pour the rest of the junk out of the cup into the garbage and I just stopped. Yeah, I never was able to do that before, you know? So I'm at, point, I'm at the point where it doesn't work towards my goals. It's not, it, it's, it's just, just counterproductive and it, it takes a lot of mental <laughs> fortitude to do that,
0: you know? What, what the, I mean, like, let me get your take on this. Like, you said that your primary goal is not building muscle um, so much anymore. I mean, mine, mine I, I still want to build as much muscle as possible. What, what one of the challenges I've found is, you know, I I've, I've been really lean. You know, I've gotten really down, done like three three and a half percent for competitions. I like the way I look then. I know that that's achievable, but at the same time, like I know that in order to build muscle, I've got to be okay with putting on fat. Have you struggled with like the the psyche that comes along with, you know, knowing that you're going to put on fat for the greater good of your long term goals?
1: Yeah, because here's what it comes down to: my stomach and my my abs and my bicep have an indirect relationship. So if I want abs, I have small arms, you know, and the other way around. So if I want to get big, if I want big arms, my stomach's going to grow too. So you, it comes with the territory. I mean, you don't have the bulk, but it, it's it's such a bitch trying to put on any sort of weight without the accompanying fluff. You know, it just happens, you know, and that's why throughout the winters where I get a little lazy, I mean, I got, I got a little lazier than I wanted this season. I was not happy with myself. You know, I was – Shit, I was 205 on Thanksgiving Day, you know, and I'm, and I'm 183 right now, and I feel so much better. But I just let, I just got a little bit out of hand with the lazy keto. I mean, just too much. I mean, and it was still keto, except when I was carving up. Then I went crazy. But, you know, I, I can put on 20 pounds in two weeks without any effort, and it's always 50-50 fat and muscle. You know, I'm an endomorph. I can put on muscle very easily, but it always comes with the fat. You know, you have these guys that go, oh, I want to do a recomp where I'm going to gain muscle. I mean, it doesn't work for me. It never did. Um, but, you know, if, if you want to put on any sort of size and any sort of short amount of time, the fluff is going to come along with it. I mean, you're going to be eating in a surplus. You know, if, unless you have gifted genetics, you're going to put on a little fat. I mean, especially if you have 3%, you can't hold that forever. You know, um, even at 7%, you're still ripped, but you're fatter (laughs) than you were at 3%. So, you know, I'd be happy if I never got over like 193 ever again, you know, because 205 was just, when I saw that scale, I was like, oh, but man, my arms are huge. I mean, (laughs) the shirts are tight. I mean... I didn't look like a fat guy at all in the gym. I mean you and most people wouldn't know. I mean, my face was chunky because I get it right in my cheeks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, but I don't like the way I feel working out. I don't like that extra fluff. It doesn't feel good. I don't like how my sweatpants feel. I don't like how my shorts feel my tank top. It's too tight. Um, but you know, if I if I wanted to put on muscle, it, it's gonna come with some fat.
0: You, you know. Do you think there's like a certain? Of course, this is gonna be different for everybody. But do you think there's like a certain window of like a body fat percentage of? You can, you can build just as much muscle at 8% as you can at 15%, so there's no point in going above
1: 10%. I, I, I would probably agree with that. It's probably better to just bust your ass, focus on – even though I don't do this because of my fasting, my biggest trick when I was younger was focusing on intra-pre-peri-workout nutrition. Way before these guys started selling those stupid peri-workout powders, I always focused around pre- and post-workout protein with minimal carbs, I would put on some muscle with minimal fat. So as a lot of people say, well, what's the point of putting on thirty pounds just to lose twenty five just to get five and all the stress of that bullshit? What if it took you three times as long and maybe you put on three or four pounds of muscle? I'd be a lot happier with that. Yeah. So I think around eight percent is like that sweet spot. You know, where you know what, just Focus on peri-workout nutrition, pre- and post-workout, even though the whole anabolic window to me is really not that big of a deal, but if you're trying to be anal and you're trying to maximize 110%, oh yeah, I, I would have some protein and or aminos pre-workout, some immediately post-workout, I mean small meals throughout the day to maximize muscle protein synthesis, that's why at my one or two meals a day, that's not going to happen. It's easy for me to look bigger in the gym. It's easy for me to manipulate glycogen and bloat and sodium. You know, I, I I could look, I could be 190 on one day and I could be 199 two days later, you know, and it looks really good. It's just manipulation of water and carbohydrates. Yeah. So I do that on a yearly basis. So I'm never really gaining muscle. I'm just manipulating my hydration and my carbohydrates. So it kind of looks funky. It kind of looks cool. But I'm never at that point where, wow, I just gained an inch on my arms and it's never going to go away. It always goes away. You know, I probably lost three quarters of an inch since the, the winter because it's it's fluff. It's just fluff, you know. And if there was no summer, <laughs> I'd probably stay at that weight for a while, you know. But I, I want to I feel the way I want to feel in the summer. You know, I want to be in the low 180s. I don't want to be 205. 205 is gross for me. You know, because 205, I'm not lean. At 205, I'm like 14% body fat, you know. And in the gym, people think it looks great. Oh, wow, man, you're jacked. I'm like, yeah, I'm a fat slob. And they look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, no, this is gross. I don't want to be 205. Disgusting. But, you know, sometimes the the food gets the better of you. The nut butters, I mean, this and that. I mean, sometimes there's strict keto. Sometimes I just had too much bacon. Like, I pre-cooked my bacon. So maybe I already set out my meal. And then when I'm washing dishes, I have like another five or six pieces that are cold in the fridge. You know, it adds up, you know, and, and that's what was happening. It wasn't like I was eating cookies all the time over the winter. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just eating too much. I mean, I would just have so much just food, you know. I mean, nowadays, I don't track like I used to. I just focus on portion size, which is tracking, you know, and when I I just eat physically less and I'll actually push the plate away before it's empty and I'll put it back in the fridge and I'll finish that with dinner. That makes me drop weight super fast because that's tracking without actually having to write anything down. You know, I mean, portion control was the original tracking back in the day. I mean, who wrote down their calories in the 80s? No, we just made smaller meals like my first diet. I went in college. I went from having three slices of pizza for lunch down to one slice of pizza for lunch. And I lost weight, you know, and that's how I did it. So, yeah, what you're saying is true. I mean, it is a fine line of body fat and how much muscle you can gain, you know, and and I think that's what you see most of these Instagram guys do. They maintain rather lean all year round. That's kind of their job. you know. They're, they're always looking good. They're always 8 or 9%, and then it takes them three weeks to get down to like 4% for a photo shoot. That's kind of my goal. I want to be two to three weeks away from being semi-photo ready. That's what I want. That's my goal. Yeah. And it was like that for two years until, until this winter, but I'm never doing that again. I, I, I saw what it did to me. I'm never doing it again. I, I want to be two to three weeks away from dropping some water and taking pictures. That's that's my goal, you know. I in these days I want to have fun, so that's why I mean two <coughs> or three weeks, you know.
0: Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good really really good way to do it. Like for me, like the constant battle that I face in my head is, you know, if I take as a natural competitor, you know, two years off in between shows, I want to look better the next time I step on stage. So I've got to be okay with putting on some of that fat in in between, you know.
1: Um, I can tell you something that was interesting. When I <clears throat> first started dabbling with fasting about three, four years ago, you know, I was still doing keto and I would have some months where I would, you know, be more like a hundred gram and still register some low, but ketones. That's when I was playing around with that intro workout stuff, which, you know, sounds a lot of bro crap, but it, it, it really worked well for me. I mean, I was walking around with a gallon jug of so much shit in it. You name it, Pepto Pro, Hydro, this, aminos, leucine, I mean, taurine. I mean, it was like uh, 10 pounds of, it was like a $5 workout. Every workout would cost me $5. But I put on some size, man, some size, and it wasn't fat.
0: What all was, was in fun- it? Like, what, 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 was, what would be your well, ideal concoction? Okay,
1: so what would be in the big jug would be 15 grams of uh, essential amino acids, um, 30 grams of Pepto Pro, that very bitter, super expensive uh Cajun hydrosylate
0: protein, which That's is disgusting, insane. Disgusting, man. It's so nice. Uh, it's like gasoline. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, I would have a couple of grams of taurine, um eight grams of citrulline. I mean anything you could think of was in there. But the magic, the magic was the highly branched cyclic dextrin, HBCD, those carbs. That stuff. Now it doesn't spike your insulin like dextrose, but it has like a different osmolality or whatever. Like it's like I don't know if it's a higher or a lower weight than your blood, that it goes right to your muscles within like two minutes. Like you start drinking that, you warm up in the gym, holy crap, I'm pumped already. That is what I saw as a game changer. And back then I used to use Gaspari glycofuse and he had the – it was a lot of money. And now you can just buy it in bulk. I don't do it anymore. And then once I got strict keto again and fasting, then I would remove any carbs. And all it was was basically a – Low calorie intra workout shake with a ton of amino's. Um, it, believe it or not, it, 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 I was definitely bigger and I wasn't fatter. But it had, you, it's hard to maintain. You're con- constantly focusing on pre, during, and post workout nutrition, and I don't want to have that all the time. I don't want to have to worry about that. I like the fact that I'll eat when I feel like eating. Yeah. You know, my post workout meal is anywhere from two to six hours whatever whatever my mood is you know i i've been a purist with fasting for years but the past six months seven months i've been doing more of martin's lean gain protocol where i'm doing 10 grams of eaa's pre and post workout that's it just the aminos and i feel it helps me a little bit retain some of the muscle not put on muscle but retain the muscle but i'm not putting in like tons of crap like i used to you know but i tell you that intro workout if you do it right with those with, with certain type of carbohydrates, which could basically be a different version of a TKD, I find that has always worked well for me. Whenever I tried putting on size when I was younger, I very, very deeply focused on peri-workout nutrition, protein and the carbs. That's always worked for me. So, yeah, I think someone could probably put on a couple of pounds of lean muscle. I mean if I was able to put on three pounds of muscle in a year versus gaining 30 pounds of fat just to keep three pounds of muscle,
0: yeah,
1: I, I would do that in a heartbeat. Where do you sign me up?
0: You know? Yeah, 100%. I've yeah. always just kind of like had the the mindset of you know my 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 proteins and my fats digest so much more slowly. I'll just have like a sixteen twenty ounce steak the night before, and that's gonna pretty yeah. much fuel my next day's workout. I don't even yep. really fool with the nutrition.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, that's how I am now. I'm at a whole nother level where I see kids drinking shakes in the gym and losing their mind, and I'm like, dude, I'm not going to eat for another six hours. They're like,
0: what? <laughs> That's how I am now too.
1: <laughs> you know, I don't care. I mean, yeah, if I wanted to really maximize muscle gain, yeah, I wouldn't do that. But I have no problem maintaining doing what I'm doing. And at this point, with my injuries and my age and the amount of food I don't eat, I mean, I used to eat seven times a day. That's a chore. It's annoying. You know, I always had food in the car. I'm in college and I'm like literally eating tuna and people are like, yo, it stinks back there in the back of the room. Like it, it was, I had to walk around with like a cooler, like an idiot. Yeah,
0: you know, I'm like, did too, this man. is
1: not cool. And I feel I'm not as big as I was, but I feel as just as good shape, if not better shape, which looks more impressive at 44 years old versus someone who's 21 years old. You know, the kids in the gym, every time I tell them how old I am, they flip out, they flip out. You know, they think I'm like 30. I'm like, dude, I'm 44. I'm like, wow. <laughs> you know, but look, I've been training since I'm 13 years old, mm-hmm. you know, my dad bought me a weeder set in the basement and ever since I, that's what I've been doing, you know, and it became an addiction, you know, so I, I get obsessed with these things, but it's found to use, man. Yeah. My, my obsession now, man, is just the fasting longevity health. Um, I, I do plan to get a little, uh, more lax with my diet in the next month or so. And that's why I'm probably going to incorporate like a TKD type of thing with the MCT oil, or the MCT powder or whatnot, just because I want to try something a little bit different, you know. Uh, I can't do that when I'm chunky, you know. That doesn't work, you know. I, I can do it when I'm lean, like I am now, and um, so I'm gonna play around with that, and you know, I'm gonna enjoy myself with, uh, you know, eating a little more calories, and that's where the fasting makes up for it. I mean, the fasting is is not that it's magical, but it's like you create a deficit in record time. Whereas when I would pig out back in the day, well, they, it would take me like two weeks of cardio to get back to normal. <laughs> now I don't, yeah. eat for a, I don't eat for a day or two and I'm back to normal. It, it just blows my mind. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're eliminating about 2,500 calories each day. You know, how many calories you burn the treadmill? 300? I mean, you got to do that for two weeks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, so I, I enjoy the fasting because it just it makes it easier. You know, if I have a little damage control, I'm going to be fasting anyway. I don't punish myself. I don't do a long fast the next day. I don't like starve myself. I just do my routine. You know, I, I find too many people. I'll see them on Facebook. Oh, I picked out. I think I'm going to fast for 24. Why, why, why do that? Just eat. Just go back to your regular routine. Why punish yourself? Because if you feel you can always punish yourself with a long fast after you binge, you're going to binge again because yeah. you know there's a way to fix it. Just don't do it. You know, I, I don't ever try to make up for it with a long fast. If I'm doing a long fast, it's because it's on my calendar. Yep. I mean, dude, I have a calendar for the next year and a half, every meal, <laughs> every time. I'm insane. You know, so I know what I'm eating and what I'm eating. it. You know, it's just the way I do things, you know, and that's what keeps me accountable. Every morning I get up at uh, 530, I turn on the computer, I look at my calendar for the day, I look at what I think I'm going to eat and what time I'm going to eat it and what I'm going to work out in the gym, and I do it. And I find that's the best way you got to track. If you put it on paper, you can't mess it up. If you're guessing, if you're throwing stuff in the wind, it doesn't work. You you have to get a plan. The plans always work. I got friends that can't do diets because they need it written on paper. If I just tell them, don't eat this, don't eat – no, no, write it down. Write it down. I write it down. They can follow it. If I don't write it down, they don't see it, and they can't follow it. So I write it down. If, with, with me, it's in a computer. I mean I, I have seven years worked on my Excel spreadsheet. It's, it's obsessive, but it
0: works. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. Do you, do you track yeah. your workouts too or just your nutrition?
1: I don't track my work. I mean, every day I write down what, what, what I train with body parts. But no, I don't track like weights and this and that. I'm, I'm, I'm a creature of habit. I do the same thing every time I go in the gym. Um, I'll up the weights here and there. So I, I no longer write it down like I used to. I used to have a whole book. I just know what I did the, the, the day before. I have a good memory. So I just try to up it a couple of pounds. That's kind of what I do.
0: You know? Uh, yeah, that's what I do too. I'm pretty instinctive with the training. Yeah, yeah. Um, Very cool. Man, I actually didn't talk to you all day. We get, It's like freaking talking to my – older self it sounds like there you go <laughs> right,
1: easy, easy now Hey, <laughs>
0: know i mean that, that's a compliment i mean I, i've uh, seen your pictures man you freaking look like you're my age
1: i'm trying man you know what it is i i fell off the wagon you know in 2003 where i probably peaked out at my best shape okay i had shoulder surgery years later it became three surgeries working out in the gym i had tendon ice my elbow, everything hurt like I used to love going – like nowadays I get so giddy. Like I don't work out on the weekends and on Saturday – Sunday night I can't sleep because I can't wait to go to the gym Monday morning. Like that's how I am now at 44 years old and I was like that in my 20s. But when I was around – 2000, when I was 30, which is 2003, real estate really got busy for me. My injuries got so bad that my one thing in life that I loved became a chore for me. It, It hurt me. It hurt working out. It hurt everything. My bones. I was like, yo, this is not fun anymore. My injuries. and So I would work out less. I would skip days, skip weeks, got busy with real estate, got married. When I met my wife, she had no idea what I used to look like at all, which is cool because I know she wasn't looking for a bodybuilder. So yeah. now whatever she gets now is always a bonus. Uh, but it doesn't even phase her. She's a, it makes you laugh. It doesn't even phase her. Like it, She's like, whatever. You want to work out? You don't want to work out? I don't care, which is good. Um, but I, I stopped working out from 2003 to about 2007 like completely. Yeah, dude. I mean, you, you have to understand. I've told this story many a time. I felt like Superman in Superman two, when he gave up his power, I was a nobody. I was the guy that would go in the gym and everybody would look at it. everybody would ask questions. Everyone would want to know. I was so embarrassed I would always wear like a heavy coat in the winter. And the summer, like I couldn't wait for the winter because I could wear a sweatshirt. Like I couldn't wait, you know. Like it, it was just I was like a different person. I was like walking around. It's like Batman with Bane when Bane would deflate. That was mm-hmm. me. I, I lost my my powers. I wasn't that guy anymore. Like I go in the gym, and I see these big jack dudes. I'm thinking to myself, they don't even know. Like I would carry a picture on my phone. I would look at it all the time. So in 2006, I went on my honeymoon. You know, I was gross. Got pictures of me, all this and that in Aruba. And the biggest thing I can tell you that really helps you wanting to fix yourself is to see pictures of yourself. Like I never took pictures anymore. My my wife had a family reunion. I think it was around 2000, um, 2008 or nine, And uh, I saw a picture of myself. Vile. Vile. I had I had, a, I had an old DPS nutrition shirt on that I used to get for free when I or shit. And it was gross i had like the fatty nipples <laughs> i had pale skin the shirt was an extra large it looked like a 4x on my arm i had no arms and i said i looked disgusting and i never saw that before i said that's it i'm never ever letting it happen again so for the next two months i did push-ups every day in my house that's all i did i was afraid i was embarrassed to go to the gym because these guys knew me i can't show up again are you crazy so I did push-ups. I, I went in the gym finally. And all I did, all my friends, hey, he's back. And I'm wearing like double heavy sweatshirts. So I kind of look like I work out. And I did the woman's circuit machine. There was like 13 machines. And for two months every day, I did the circuit. That's all I did until I felt better. Then I got to the dumbbells. And before you know it, I worked my way up to all the big ones. And then slowly, the muscle memory was amazing. Six months, people were like, oh, my God, he's juicing. I'm like, no, I swear to God, dude. I just lost 30 pounds, like, haven't even done any cardio. And the muscle memory came. So I said to myself, you know what? 2016, which obviously was two years ago, my honeymoon, my uh, 10 year anniversary, I said, we're going back to Aruba. I made myself a promise um, that I'll be in the best shape of my life, which I pretty much achieved. So I have, and I put them on Instagram and I'll do them again. Um, I have before and after pictures at the same hotel, at the same place, doing the same thing, uh, 30, 40 pounds different you know, and it was just night and day different. And I told my wife, when we get there, we're going to do this. We're going to stage this whole thing. We're going to go to the same part of the pool. We're going to go to the same part of the beach. And we're going to take the same pose, same pictures and everything. And and then I did that and I was like, oh, this feels great. So this year I set up a new goal. I want to, I want to peak that level and get even, even better, which is July 15th. That's when my buddy Jeremy's coming up to hang out, do some keto stuff. Um, so that's my next goal. You know, when I set a goal, it's great. If I don't have a goal, like if there's no beach weather, I'll never get in shape, <laughs> you know? So July 15th is my new goal, you know, and I'm way ahead of schedule because my mini goal was Florida, which is next week. And I'm, you know, about eight pounds away of where I want to be. So that's why I'm going to get a little, little lazy for a month, but you know, I didn't work out for a long time, man. It was rough, you know? And that's why I'll never let myself go ever again. I don't want to ever feel like that. You know, it's almost like, walking into a place and people don't know me. I'm like, hey, man, I, I used to be a celebrity. Like, they're like, who's this
0: douche? <laughs> yeah, that becomes you know? your identity, you know, and you lose that. Yeah,
1: that was me. I, I, I had to join a different gym because I was so embarrassed. I was like, I, I, you know, it wasn't just your average looking Joe. I had such a level of freakiness. You know, I'm 185 right now. When I had no injuries and when I was big, I was basically the same body fat at 205. And you know, 20 pounds is massive. Mm-hmm. So... I couldn't do it anymore. So, but I feel I look better now. I'm more impressive because when they obviously they know I'm older, they see me, and when they hear my age, it kind of blows their mind versus, you know, a 25-year-old who's jacked. So what? What 25-year-old isn't jacked? You know, that's easy. You don't have responsibilities, you don't have injuries, you know, and 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 now I do. So that's why at 185, I can blow away 90% of the population with no effort, you know, and at 44 years old, I said to myself, I don't want to be on the field because when my son was born in 08, I said I can't. I, I don't want to be that fat guy out there. I can't keep up with my kid. I don't want to do that. You know, so I'm I'm always the guy that's out there at the baseball games and the practices, and everyone's always asking me for dieting advice. You know, years ago they would ignore me like, what do you know? <laughs> you know, like y- you lost your mojo. What what do we we don't even know you had a previous past of being like a bodybuilder. You know, and and I do have a lot of friends that kind of fell off the wagon. I see a lot of guys from high school that were in great shape. You know, they're a mess. You know, And and I said to myself, I won't be like that, I I won't do that, I was there before, so I know what it feels like, it's like binging, I know what binging did to me, and I know what falling off the wagon would do to me, I will never do it again, I'll I'll never, for an extended period of time, miss a workout unless I have an injury or something, you know, it's it's too important to me to feel good, you know, when you feel good, you don't binge, you don't, everything works out great, you know, so I'll never let myself go there again, because I know how it feels, you know, and it's like people that want to carve up. They go, oh, I want to try it. I go, okay, tell you what, I'm not going to warn you. I want you to try it. I want you to cheat because, oh, can I have a cheat meal? And I was like, go ahead, have a cheat meal because you don't know until you do it if you're ever going to want to do it again. So I got people that will do a strict keto for months and they have a cheat meal and they go, Mike, I'm never doing that ever again. Now I know and I don't want to ever feel like that ever again. So I let people do cheats all the time because I want them to know. It's like, you know, I'll tell you a story. My uh, high school teacher was a great guy. He taught his five-year-old son- what a hot oven was. You know how? He put his hand on the hot coil and his son never touched it ever again. Yeah. So I like when people want to cheat. I don't stop them. Go ahead. Go ahead. You let me know how you feel. All right, man. I can't wait to get back to you. They email me, dude, I am never, I never want to feel like that ever again. So you, you don't know. You, they always say, oh, I, I see it every day. People ask me questions. Hey, anybody ever have a cheat meal? And I start rubbing my hands together. <laughs> you have no idea. Go ahead, dude. Enjoy it. And they're so excited to try it. And man, you cheat on keto, you're having a bad day because yeah. the whole hormonal cocktail changes
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's not fun. If you're on a regular carbohydrate based diet, yeah, big deal. You had a pizza. So what? It doesn't do much, but you do that coming from a fat adapted person for months, you will lose your shit. So yeah. I don't want to ever lose my shit ever again. So that's why I limit the carb ups. I won't let myself go ever again. I get a little obsessive with tracking and with going to the gym. It's because I know I know how I feel when I'm not doing it, and I never want to feel that again. You
0: know. No, I totally agree, man. I mean, this this sounds kind of crazy, but like I can really, really relate. This is the first time we've ever talked. You know, actually yeah. talked. This I can really relate with everything you said. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, dude. Like having having like an accountability factor, uh, you know, like just having something you can relate with. This is good, man. I'm glad, I'm glad that we're talking right now.
1: Oh, yeah. Me- dude, message me anytime. I got people that message me. I mean, I can't even tell you because I would never disclose. Some of the most well-known keto gurus on the internet with millions of followers that will, like, ask me for help <laughs> and, like, suggestions. I'm like, wait a second. It says Keto King in your profile. Like, dude, I know. So, like, and, and they'll tell me things and they'll ask me for advice because they know while I'm not the most scientific nerd, I've done it all hmm. I've done every aspect of every problem you're having right now with keto and I can fix it, you know. So that's why they they the things they tell me, like the, the people who binge, these people that claim they've been keto for 12, 13 years. And they, and they honest with me, Mike, I've been carving up for three months. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, no problem. So they they like they, they give me confession on a daily basis because yeah. I don't say anything to anybody. So I got people that they're ready to binge and I tell them, just text me real quick and let's just bullshit. Yeah. You know, I talk him out of it. <laughs>
0: and likewise, <laughs> man, I mean, I'm, I know like you've, you've done there, done it a lot more than me. But I mean, shoot, you ever need to, you know, drop a line to me. Just don't ever hesitate.
1: I need to get some keto bricks. That's what I got to work on making because I can kind of look at it and kind of figure out what it is, but I don't know what it is. So I'm I'm, I'm kind of dying to try a keto brick one of these days. You know,
0: I'll, I'll get you some keto bricks, but I'm not gonna yeah. lie, man, they're addicting.
1: <laughs> I saw you doing it the day of the show, and I'm, I'm sure all oh, the regular carb guys like, what is this dude doing? <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, it's pretty funny backstage. Everybody's eating their rice cakes and whatnot. Yeah. I'm chowing down on you know, 300 grams of fat
1: oh my god yeah no look good i'll never forget what i saw that thing i mean I, i've made similar concoctions it always revolves around coconut oil because it hardens at room temperature and a bunch of flax meal flax seeds this and that and i put it in a pan and then i just let it get hard and i cut circles or squares and i just kind of snack on them i haven't done that in a while you know but yeah one of these days i definitely want to play with that because i'm going to be eliminating those weekend carb ups for a very long time so i don't mind treating myself with something you know quote unquote keto friendly
0: you know I mean, I know, I know you've, you've kind of enjoyed doing the carb cycling, but I, having not done carb cycling and then just been strict keto for like the three, four years that I have been, I can mm-hmm. assure you that there's like a whole other level of like deeper state adaptation and I perform so much better, better now than I ever have oh, with yeah. carbs. So, I mean, if you just want to kick carbs completely, man, like it, I think it's a whole nother level.
1: Oh yeah. Cause you know what it is? I learned two years ago where I really start with the fasting because the fasting really got me into a deeper state of ketosis on a daily basis. And that's when I started noticing, you know, I would carb up, I go in the gym, I take on my shirt, I'm like, "Yo, I don't look any different." And I was Like, "What is what is this?" Like, "What is this? I don't look any different than pre-carb up. I don't feel any different. Maybe a couple extra veins, whatever." Um and that's when I realized, you know, I'm just going to do it for just the mental aspect of it. You know, I don't I don't need it anymore. You know, if if I'm getting a little flat, and I have that bro mentality that I'm shrinking. All right, I'll, I'll have some carbs. Like I did that the other day. I lost eight pounds in a week. I said, holy shit, I'm shrinking. <laughs> so I, I had like um, a half of a Halo Top and like a half a bowl of like Fruity Pebbles. And that was it. Done. And I'm showing blood ketones that night. No problem. So, you know, it's like an immature bro response. Like, oh, my God, I'm
0: shrinking. I got to eat. So you got to have a keto brick next time you begin.
1: That's, that's what I'm talking about.
0: You know? <laughs> well, shoot me your address, man. I'll send you one.
1: Yeah, dude. I'll definitely do that, man
0: very cool very cool well, listen man we definitely got to do this again and reconnect yeah. but uh I'm, I'm gonna do a fasting experiment and then i'll have to connect with you and see see what i found but
1: you might enjoy it you yeah
0: I, I i'm definitely excited to try it for sure um yeah. in the meantime though where, where can people go to find out more about you man
1: i mean really um if you want to just watch my food porn you know at the, at the keto underscore diesel on instagram Um, the couple of Facebook groups that we have a good time is the ketogenic intermittent fasting Facebook group. And I think at the time of this podcast is probably about 35,000 members. Um, there is a little cyclical ketogenic carb up group I have. There's not much going on there, but the real fun group is the protein sparing modified fast. There's a couple of them. The one you want is the one that has a couple of black and white pictures of guys and girls with their shirts off that's the one lyle mcdonald is in he's in there all day with us bullshitting we have a good time in there because there's no drama there's no nonsense there's no keto myths everyone knows why we're there we're there to consume a shit ton of protein and low fat and low carbs (laughs) you know and um that's my favorite group because there's no drama there's no nonsense it's based off lyle's rapid fat loss So you go there and then I just – just last week I started playing around. I made another little Facebook group for a bunch of us for my carnivore experiment, which is called Keto Carnivore Intermittent Fasting. There's like 400 people in there. We have a good time because they're all following my carnivore experiment, which is – I love this thing. It's like I'm a kid in a candy store. It's all new to me. Like I didn't think this would happen. Like how could I possibly take this to another level just by completely eliminating carbs? I'm talking maybe I have a gram a day of carbs that are in the pepperoni. Mm-hmm. So it's like a whole nother level of like kid in a candy store, which I never thought I could do again, you know, so that's where I am. I mean, I, I don't I do not do podcasts or like, you know, videos or shit. I mean, I probably should, but there's only so much time I can dictate to that. But, you know, I'm always on Instagram. People always messaging me, Facebook. The groups are loaded with people. I mean, 34,000. We have a good time in there In the in the keto intermittent fasting. So that's that's where most of my social media is. We have a good time in there. Just just have a good time, you know.
0: I love it, man. I love how like laid back you are and chill. That's that's what's all about.
1: that's that's my New York thing. I'm Italian. I mean, it is what it is. I come from the Bronx. What are you gonna do? <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> I love it, man. We'll definitely definitely keep in touch, man. Shoot me your yeah. address too. I'll send you a keto brick. I will, my
1: man. I will be gone. <laughs> all
0: right, brother. It's been a pleasure, man. We'll we'll be in yeah. touch for sure.
1: All right, man. Thanks a lot.
0: Take care, buddy.